Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to issue 12 of the Comics in the Cross podcast. The greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts, as always, Cross, along with my colleague, my partner in crime, my brother in arms, Nitro. What's up, everybody? <clears throat> How are you all doing Sunday. today? Yeah, happy Sunday, everyone. It's a beautiful, sunny Sunday here. It's not death personified with humidity this week, which is very nice. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the, the no humidity. Yeah, and we got to experience a bit of it yesterday, and I actually came over yesterday and we started putting together a, a kind of jungle gym play area for my kids out the back, and yeah, this did not bad considering we had a couple of setbacks, but it was actually not bad. How many dads does it take to put together a playset? More than us, apparently. Apparently more than two. <laughs> like, the amount of times we put the wrong size... Um, like screws into things, we put stuff together in the wrong order, stuff wasn't fitting together quite correctly, but you know what, we got we got like halfway through the project in a couple of hours. Yeah, I think uh, we got like 55.9% of it done. Yeah, so it actually, it actually looks exactly. not bad considering, you know, it's like there's not that much left to go, we actually did a fairly decent job of it, so. Yeah, considering two comic geeks put together a, uh, a, play, a play set, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. I think we did good, we're not exactly known for our DIY stuff, so I think we did a fairly decent job. Um, just FYI, like Nitro or um, Comic Clan, if you guys can hear like my fan too loudly, let me know. I've got my fan on like full power in this room because this room gets like no air conditioning. I can hear it. It's not distracting though. No, if it, if it gets too distracting or if it's too loud or if you can't hear us over it, guys, then just please let me know about the fan because like I, I can survive if I turn it off. Like it's just as nicer to have it on because it's like it it really does get warm in here. Like well, the air. Talk to... Sorry, go ahead. No, and you go, I'm just saying, like, I've got an air conditioner thing, like, practically right above me, but nothing comes through it. Like, at all. So. I know you talked about this last week, but I just want to give you kudos again, man. The layout looks fantastic with the blue. I love hmm. it. Hey, hey, Infinity Bros. How you doing, guys? And Infinity Bros popping and saying, sup, guys? And massive shout out. The Infinity Bros are actually the reason we are coming on early today. Um, because we're actually going to be meeting up with them tonight to record um, their podcast this, for this week. And they have graciously invited us on the podcast. We are so excited to come and chat with them and connect with them. You guys, have, you know, if you've been watching for a while, you met Isaac a few weeks ago. And when we talked about MCU Phase 1. And so definitely go and check that video out on our YouTube page. Agreed, Infinity Bros. I think it looks great. We were yes, just talking about that. Yeah, it looks great. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like, yeah, because like, the grey and the red was like a basic <clears> thing I threw together, and I'm like, it's really not eye catching at all. So, <clears throat> I decided to kind of fiddle around with it, and yeah, the blue I tried to match the blue that um, Nitro had used for like our headers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to mention that as well. So, like, right above me, you can see the the Gamer Grind Co logo has actually been shifted over, kind of above Nitro now, um for the unashamed network if you're watching on twitch it will not say the team name below us just yet it still says spock nation there you go you got it you got it it still says spock nation because they have not sent out the official invite via um twitch but i did get the official confirmation email to the comics across email address with them um, the logos and stuff like that saying that we were part of Unashamed Network and that we could utilize it. So I wanted to throw it up there. Shout out to Unashamed Network. Amazing network of streamers um, here on Twitch and over on Mixer as well. And that are all Christian streamers in various forms. So it's like it's, a, it's an honor to be included as part of that. And um, so yeah, I wanted to show some, you know, rep some Unashamed Network here. So 
so yeah, so that's, that was pretty awesome big news for this week. Um, while I'm doing some shout-outs, so um, let me throw them in. I need to create a link for this. I've not created one for Unashamed Network yet. Uh, Unashamed Network actually have a network, if I can spell, a Twitch page. So go ahead, give them a follow over there. And um, they don't stream much themselves, but they host a lot of like Christian streamers and stuff as part of their team channel. And um, so go and check them out. Also, I want to give another massive shout out. Last week we gave a massive shout out to Behaving Beardly. So if you're still not followed him, give him a follow. But this week we got um. Hey, hey! Thank you, Ads. Thank you for now hosting. Welcome along to the the channel bud for our 12th podcast and um, we actually got an amazing kind of shout out with a guy who I started following he actually found us on Twitter and liked um, some of our stuff and um, so I started following him so I'm going to throw his link in there it's Gid Kid Dad. and no I'm not saying that with an accent it's G-I-D-K-I-D-D-A-D hey hey Katari thank you Kit thank you for coming along and hosting us I really appreciate it guys and um, so go and give um um, I'm going to say go give Katari a follow as well she's actually yeah. rocking um, her channel's awesome she plays a variety of stuff on there but yeah she's a lot of fun uh, I've been watching her play through The Last of Us recently and some of her Minecraft stuff um, so yeah definitely go and give Katari a follow she's rocking as well um, but I want to give a shout out to Gid Kid Dad I put his link in the um, the chat there um, he's an awesome streamer he does a lot of variety stuff Black Widow my answer I'm going to be chilling and listening while I game awesome thank you so much for hanging out and by all means luck in the channel hope you enjoy the show so yeah there you go Katari favourite superhero Black Widow yeah she's become a lot of people's favourites actually recently like yeah. a lot of people I think the MCU really like elevated her profile a lot of people really love Black Widow now Um, you know I'm, I still stand by I still stand by my thing I think it's a little late for the Black Widow movie that should have came a lot sooner It'll be interesting to see what they do with that, though, with the movie. Mm. But at the same time, I like I'm I'm glad she's getting some praise and love because she's a she's a yeah. cool character, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, go give kid. Can't even see it in there. Give kid dad a follow. He does a lot of variety streaming. He also does some singing on his channel, some different stuff. Uh, but he's created a community where he um, does a lot of. It allows a lot of streamers to share their stuff while during the stream and to connect and to follow each That's other, awesome. to help build each other up. And from the moments I was in his stream, he was resharing our link to our page and like building us up and getting other people to connect. So we actually got a bunch of followers in the last couple of weeks because of Behaving Beardly, who we shouted out last week, and for yeah. Kid Dad, who shouted us out this week. And um, so we're actually at like 84, 85 followers, something like that now. So, yeah. So massive shout out to him. If you're part of the Comic Clan, go give him a follow. He's an awesome guy. You'll enjoy his streams. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the two of them have done a massive thing in helping us build up our community in the last couple of weeks. So I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, speaking of that as well, we are officially starting our journey on the road to 100 followers. The right. road to 100 has kicked off. We need 25 followers. No, 15 followers. Paul can't do math. Um, yeah so like um, well, I could have told you that thanks thanks man thanks that's that's a love and appreciation I get here um, so we need about 15 16 followers depending if it's 84 or 85 we've got to hit that 100 mark um, unlike getting affiliate there's nothing big that comes along with that one but I just want to shout that out that's our next big goal reaching 100 followers it's the next big goal it's a pretty big deal um, so anything that Comic Clan can do to help us reach that goal whether it's to um, 
share us on social media, whether it's sharing this, sharing our YouTube channel, and um, doing hosts like Katarian ads have done for us today. Again, thank you for those host guys. Um, anything that you can do to help with that, we absolutely appreciate it. All right. So a little bit of housekeeping again at the beginning, although I've kind of already started that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Gamer Grind Co. still our amazing sponsors. Um, I, I'm getting withdrawals now. I'm still waiting for that order for that new order to come in. I'm, I'm getting withdrawals, man. Ooh, Nightbot's doing fancy stuff. I highlighted that in red for some reason. I have no there idea why. Go. I don't know why I highlighted that in red, but I'm assuming that's a good thing. I hope. <laughs> uh, but click on that. I don't know if it's doing it on the channel, but it's doing it in like it's doing it in Streamlabs for me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm Sweet. like, I don't know. Maybe that's just a thing it's doing for me now. I don't know. But yeah, go and click on that link to get some amazing coffee, Gamer Grind Co. The number one coffee for gamers. Hashtag on that grind, as we always are with the show. These guys have been an amazing sponsor for us. They're absolutely legendary. Great work ethic. Great product that they put out. Absolutely adore their coffee. And if you use the code Comics in the Cross, you will save 5% on any purchase. And that's on coffee and on any merchandise that you buy there as well. And some of that merchandise is even Comics in the Cross merchandise. Including our coffee mug and sticker, which of course, why wouldn't you want to enjoy your coffee out of the coffee and out of the Comics in the Cross, you know? The link is purple on my screen. Yeah, it's like it's weird. Like it's the link's popping up purple for me as well. But like the actual like post from Nightbot with the the stuff for Gamer Green is like in a little red. It's like highlighted red in the background. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just in Streamlabs, but it like it's, it's never done that before. So I don't know if Streamlabs just updated or what. Um, as we also shout out our merchandise, you of course can also buy some comics in the cross merchandise because why wouldn't you want to buy comics in the cross merchandise? We're awesome. Leggings, leggings. Yep. Same. Nitro is pushing these leggings. He wants his leggings sold there, and it's like I have a goal to sell ten pairs of leggings by the end of the month. I'm sure. That's not. I'm gonna say by the end of the month. You're good <laughs> luck in that. We've not shifted a pair yet, and like in the next two weeks, you think, yeah, we're going to shift ten of them. It's like if you desperately want the leggings and you want to buy ten pairs, we are greatly appreciative. You can buy them in multiple colors, so you can have them in different things. Uh, but we have the comics to cross leggings, obviously the t-shirt, the hoodie. Um, and we also have the poster from the Superhero Square Go that we did a few episodes ago um, with a poster created by our very own Nitro. But it's available for purchase now. So if you want to pop in there and buy some merchandise, we're also working on a Comic Clan t-shirt so you can rep being part of the Comic Clan. Because of course you want to show you're part of the Comic Clan. Why wouldn't you want to show that? You know, it's a great community. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check that stuff out there, guys. Also, we are halfway through June now. We're hitting June 14th. That means we've got about just over two weeks left till we hit the end of the month. That means if you want a chance to be in with winning our giveaway, I'll try that again and actually spell give away properly and not miss the A in the middle of it. There we go. <clears throat> if you want to be in a chance with winning our amazing giveaway of, let me pull it up. This, this, is, this, of course, as we've said before, is not the completed piece of artwork. This is about 20 of the Batman busts. Nitro's putting together an amazing original piece of artwork featuring 30 Batman busts of a variety of Batman costumes, Batman from multiverse, different dimensions, different timelines, different genres, whether it's comic, TV, you know, 
Calcium. And the goal is to have like possibly a, a semi-finished product done by next week sometime. Mm. Not this coming week, but the following week. So that way people can see what they're going to be getting their hands on. So. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to get as close to a completed product as we can before we do the official draw so you can see fully what you're winning. But this is this is part of it. This is like the first part of it with another 10 Batman to be added. And yep. we've had a lot of people interested in it. Infinity Bros saying, dude. But she just really adds to the fact that you're called the Infinity Bros right there. Just just saying <laughs> but that amazing piece of artwork is going to be up for grabs the cutoff to be part of the giveaway is at the end of june june 30th is a cutoff date on july 5th i believe it is thanks guys infinity rosian looks so good nitro and on the july 5th podcast we'll be doing a live drawing on the podcast to see who gets to win that i'm saying this right now to everyone you have to be subbed to be in with a chance of winning this. This is a this is something that would be sold for thirty-five to forty dollars. Nitro is putting a whole lot of work into this. I've seen the process that's gone into this along the way, so we wanted to make sure that this was a worthwhile thing for people to get into. So you have to be subbed to the channel to be in with a chance for winning that. The only one who's eligible right now would be ads. And we have two subs right now, but the second sub, I believe, is Isaac from the Infinity Bros. And I think that's going to run out by June 30th. Mm, so, like, okay. so the only one that's actually going to be subbed by June 30th at this point is Ads. So Ads is, on, ads is winning this at this point. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning this, there you, go, ads. you have to sub to the channel before then. You can sub today, you can sub in the next coming weeks, you can sub even on June 30th itself. But it has to be by June 30th. Midnight June 30th, once it hits July 1st, it's done. And I'll know yep. it's done. I worked on midnight, so like I'm literally going to be doing <laughs> the cutoff specifically at midnight. Uh, I watched Batman on TMT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched Batman TMT earlier in the moment where Batman kicked shredders and so uplifting. Yeah. I can I can absolutely believe that ads like I've not seen that yet the Batman and TMNT thing I do have the Batman TMT like first volume crossover on my shelf, and um, but I've not I've not seen the uh, the movie yet though so like that's definitely one I need to catch I've not had a chance to watch it. I'll be subbing with both accounts by the end. <laughs> technically, you're allowed to technically although yeah. although technically if the Infinity Bros win it you might have to argue with the other Infinity Bros that technically you won it as a group. You might have to rip it in sixth. Six. Six. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Nitro can't English very well, which, <laughs> which is worrying because usually that's my job. So, <laughs> but yeah. So like, if you want to be in with a chance of winning that, then you have to be subbed to the channel. You can do that at any point this month, and because it will last. If you sub at any point this month, it will last through to the end. So, yep. This is your opportunity to be in with a chance of winning this. Um, as Ads had asked before as well, what about shipping out with the US? Not an issue to us. We will ship it anywhere. Yep. We will take care of that. Don't worry about it because Ads is in the UK. He was asking about shipping costs and stuff to that. That's that's not an issue. This is a price that we want to give away. So if you want it, it's yours. All you have to do is sub and you've got a chance. Yep. You know, And you can do that either with Amazon Prime's free sub or a four ninety nine sub and a chance of winning a $40 bit of artwork. Just, you know, just saying. And just for reference, the poster is, what is it? It's 20 by 16, so I believe it's 20 by 16. So it's it's a really large poster. So um, Dark Sage popping in. Hey, Dark Sage, how's it going, bro? Hope you're doing good. Batman's always been my favorite comic character, but I do need to say it feels like every DC movie that is made has Batman in it. And in my opinion, I feel like he's one character everyone wants to see in the movies. 
with the MCU you have a cast of diverse characters to choose from and if DC ever want to make a DCU I feel like Batman would need to be the main character kind of like the Iron Man and Marvel uh, yeah, MCU I mean, to play a major yeah. role in the story because it seems like in my opinion anything DC does without Batman is not very successful or people lose interest apart from Superman yeah literally like he's even in the comic books if you even look at the comics like that's why Batman is stuck on so many teams like we're going to do you know Justice League Dark and Batman makes an appearance yeah. Or they try to relaunch like Justice League of America and Batman made an appearance because Batman sells books. It's the same reason like in Marvel with Wolverine with the comics, that's why Wolverine appeared in like fifty teams. The loner mutant appears in like I don't know how many teams. Why? Because he sells. He sells comics. That's literally what yeah. they do with Batman. And I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think like if they redo the DCU they would have to have Batman as a major part of it because like he's he's a selling point. Well, not not to derail the combo, but I don't know if you guys heard, but the, the recent news where Warner Brothers was was like, yeah, we don't know how to make a successful Superman movie, and everybody was like, yeah, I heard about really? that. Really? And like, really? You've done it before. What changed? <laughs> that's probably um, they, they were like uh, they were like it's probably because you used the same two villains in the past like forty eight movies. Yeah. Like Lex Luthor and Zod. That's that's pretty much it. So. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. All right, so that's our housekeeping. Infinite Bruce's true i'm using mark's amazon account so the infinity bro so you probably have dibs yeah so if you, if you sub with that like that's up to you and him if, who gets the the giveaway all right so a couple of pieces of news we want to talk about i don't want to spend too much time in this because i want to actually delve into today's topic because it's going to be probably fairly lengthy excuse me as we talk about stuff um so biggest bits of news obviously let's talk about it was the ps5 like trailer announcement with all the games coming out for it yeah huge announcement some amazing looking games some definitely caught my eye and um, definitely a beautiful looking games of course the one they kicked it off with the one that caught every comic book and superhero nerds attention was spider-man miles morales yeah looks beautiful putting miles at the center looks of the so book amazing. is like of course you do i mean with this into the spider-verse movie it's caught everyone's attention miles is yep. at the top of everyone's discussion about spider-man now so yeah get him in the game you obviously set it up in the game that he was going to be a major part of it yeah and with him appearing in the original game for the ps4 so yeah do it and a lot of rumors saying though like it's coming out holiday 2020 a lot of rumors now saying though that the announcement said it's not an official game in its own it's more of an expansion of the original spider-man game It'll still handle like that, although I think Miles is going to have new powers and stuff, obviously, because he has different powers yeah. from Peter. Um, it's going to have different stories with different villains and stuff like that. So it's going to it's going to play like a brand new thing that we've not seen before, but it's still essentially an expansion upon the the original game. Yeah, I heard conflicting. I heard conflicting opinions on that because I heard from an exec from Sony that it was uh, like a like an add on to that game, but then I yeah. heard from some other people that it was actually a totally separate game so i don't know we'll mm. see it looks phenomenal though it looks amazing know, well that's it there was like go, even if it's still an expansion like that's not going to put me off wanting to play it it looks no. phenomenal it still looks no. great and and that's saying like it's an expansion of a game that was really successful and really fun and that everybody really loved and i'm like that's not a bad thing oh insomniac clarified yeah insomniac clarified okay. um so yeah like even if it is an expansion even if it's just a build on of the original game like that's not a bad thing yeah and hopefully it'll be successful and it'll open the door up for more spider-man games because that spider-man game is phenomenal like, i want to see more of those kind of like how um arkham asylum opened up the door for more arkham games i want to see this okay. open up 
So it is a standalone. It is a standalone. Okay. Awesome. Got it. Sweet. That's even better then. I mean, that's honestly so, even better. So, um, not to just to kind of piggyback off that, the, the actual design of the PS5 is just it looks like a spaceship. It looks phenomenal, and I don't know if you actually got a chance to check. Somebody posted like zoomed in pictures of the controllers and they have the grip texture on the controller is the actual buttons so the the triangle x circle and square it's all like patterned over the back of the controller Dude, oh. it's so sweet like the attention awesome. to detail that they did they, they put a lot of work and effort into this it does look like a wi-fi router though like i love the meme that's going around so what are you getting what it are does. you getting the wi-fi router <laughs> or the mini fridge like yeah, I it love... looks better than a mini fridge though i'm gonna be straight up I, just, I love that comparison with it, but at the same time, like I, I PS Five is off to a great start. Like I know a lot more announcements yeah. are going to come out for it, but like that was a definite high point. Yeah, um, I never got the chance to play the the Spider Man PS Four game. I would love to. I would love yeah. to get my hands on it. But um, speaking of Batman, Batman Arkham games, apparently it was rumored earlier this week that coming out for the PS Five, Xbox, and um, Series X. We're going to be getting a new Batman Arkham game, apparently. Apparently there's one in the works. This is still just rumoured. It's not been officially confirmed as far as I'm aware. Um, at least from the recent thing, unless something news came out that I missed. But as far as I know, it's, there is one in production. Oh yeah, yeah. tons of great Seen memes coming from the PS5. Oh yeah. Like, what was one I shared today? It was, um, it was a Lord of the Rings one, and it's... Um, oh, what's to say? The Gondor, yeah, like it's the city of Gondor, like but the middle tower of it's literally the PS5 tower, and I like it's yeah, it's like I I love it. There's so many memes for it now, and it's like it's awesome. But at the same time, Sony must be loving that because it's like just building up their publicity for it, you know. I saw one where the Silent Hill, the the creature in Silent Hill that has the pyramid for the head. Oh, pyramid head, yeah, yeah. It was the PS5. That's awesome. Like it's there are so many out there now, and there's they're so smart and so inventive. Um, but that's another one we could be getting for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. It's going to be a possible another Batman Arkham game. I'm all for it. Like, I love the Arkham games. They're so much fun. It's been... How long has it been since we had Arkham Knight? I don't know. It, 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 it's been a good few years since then. I mean, like... You're talking at least about five years, maybe? Since we got Arkham Knight? Something like that? Um, so, like, I'm, I'm up for another Batman Arkham game. Like, a I've never been really let down by them. The Arkham games always play really well, so like I'm definitely up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, another bit of news, um, keeping in with the in production of that one and the fact that we talked about Miles Morales, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 has officially begun production. Awesome. So it has officially started production and we are officially going to be seeing it um, probably in 2021. Um probably like 2021 is the chances when we'll see it then and um, but i'm all for that loved into the spider-verse really happy that they announced a sequel and really glad to hear that it's finally kicked off production i wonder what they're gonna do <clears> in it man i wonder what type of villains they're gonna introduce that's gonna be interesting to it's see gonna be take it. i'm interested to see what other spider-men they add to it like who do they add yeah. on like because like they've done like those have like an army of different versions of spider-man well that's it they tested those five and then even at the end credits you know into the spider-verse they hinted at spider-man 2099 yeah. and they hinted at like the original like animated cartoon spider-man had that mm -hmm. and so but there's so many more spider-men out there like obviously read the spider-verse story and um, it's a big one like you know just how many different versions of spider-man are out there and they could really tap into any of them yeah. Um, along with that going into production there has been announcements of a bunch of other movies that were still being um, delayed or cancelled for a while um, 
the latest one being Wonder Woman has been delayed until October 2nd, 2020. So Wonder Woman movie, the Wonder Woman 1984 movie is not going to happen until then. Mm. So, um, and then last big bit of news from this week was, it feels like the CW is just getting kicked in, you know, the groin constantly in the last few weeks. But this time it's not to do with Batwoman. This time it's to do with The Flash. Actor Hartley Sawyer, who plays Elongated Man, Ralph Dibney, um, on the show, has officially been fired. Yeah, I saw that. Officially been fired from... And these are, again, this is... It's kind of like a James Gunn situation. Like, these are a lot of old tweets that have resurfaced. But they've resurfaced in terms of racist tweets and... Um, sexist tweets with rape jokes and different stuff and from like 2012 through 2014 a number of the jokes have resurfaced and them resurfacing now in the midst of like the Black Lives Matter movement really taking on all the protests that are happening all the different stuff yeah there's just there's not a cut off policy for that anymore it's just it's done yeah. um, so he yeah, has officially I- been fired like the the runners of the show have came out officially like disowning him essentially and the yeah. fact of like his views are not their views and like he's came out yeah, trying right. to apologize for it because these are older tweets but at the same time it's like as i found with twitter anything you say years ago is like it's if you've tweeted it it's going to stay there and haunt you yeah i've read a handful of the tweets and they're they're, they're pretty rough to be honest yeah some of them are I, i'm not going to repeat them on here i'm not going to share them on here if you want to find them you can definitely google them and find them they're not hard to find but it's probably best not to give them as much attention um, in light of it but yeah they are very racist and very sexist tweets and yeah um definitely um i think at least in one or two of them there was definitely context of him talking about rape and not a flattering light let's put it that way yeah um but yeah, it's like I, I, I'm not surprised that they've went their route with it. It's like with all the stuff that's going on right now, everyone's taking a zero tolerance policy. Even to older tweets like that, even to older stuff that's out there, it's like basically anything you tweet, it's, it's recorded and there's a chance someone can find it. Yep. And it was obviously, you could tell he was doing it to try and get a rise out of people, to try and make jokes, to try and to try and get attention at that time probably. I mean, this was long before he was in the public eye as Ralph Dibney on The Flash, but yeah. Uh, Ad says, wouldn't have expected that he was cool in The Flash, but I guess it's a difference on an offset. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the big thing, is like, we don't know if he still holds these same viewpoints as he did back then, but at the same time, there's nothing saying he doesn't. This is, when that stuff comes out, it's like, as far as we know, this is still your character and who you are. Yeah. You know, it's like what he's the nice guy persona could honestly be that it could be a persona. I'd love to think he's changed. I'd love to think he's different. He's not like that anymore, and this is just a stupid mistake from his past. I pray that it is. I pray that it's not mm-hmm. something he actually believes in anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't blame the Flash for not taking that, which sucks because like the character was interesting. He seemed like a cool guy. There was a lot of big storylines getting built up around him. He was a series regular, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Flash kind of explains his disappearance if they explain him gone or if they just recast him. Yeah, I think chances are they're probably just going to write the character off and do something that he had to leave and he's gone and 
that'll be him they'll never mention him again mm-hmm. but um, but yeah that was kind of it for me for the big um, topics for the news so unless you have anything else to add to the news topics for this week Nitro I think we should jump into our our main topic for today no I think that's it I think you touched on everything alright so we are going to be talking about our five favourite heroes in comics um, as I kind of stated on social media, like mines are a little different. You're not going to find a lot of the main characters that I that I talk about being your regular characters. Like I can tell you, like guys like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. You know, major characters in the X-Men do not really appear on my list. I, I've kind of, I'm personally kind of drawn to more of the lesser-known characters, characters that don't get as much spotlight. Um, they have fans and followings, but not massive ones. You know, I like I used to be a huge fan of Deadpool. And I even said this to you Nitro, like I used to be a huge fan of Deadpool and then Yeah. I just never really He got like so oversaturated and so overpopular that it literally put me off him. Yeah, yeah. Like he's still a cool character and stuff, but like I used to really love Deadpool and it's like if so are you the fun. type of person that when you you find a new band and you you play the crap out of them and then a lot of people start listening to them, you're like, ah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it depends I, yeah, I kind of yeah. can do that with it it's like it depends on how it's overdone like I'm still a fan mm. of like for example I'm still a fan of Spider-Man Spider-Man arguably one of the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the most well-known <clears throat> characters out there like I'm a huge fan of his still um, he's not on my list there's other characters I do prefer but he's he's like the guy that got me into it um, yeah. at the same time like you could say it's kind of a bit of oversaturation like I think Batman's a bit overrated yeah I think people really talk him up a massive amount and like, oh, he's amazing, he can do this and he can do that. Like, I literally love the Robins over him. Like, I love Nick, yeah. Dick Grayson, I love Jason Todd, I love Tim Drake. I love them, I love the way their characters are going, I love the way they're portrayed. Batman, I, I don't know if I just get bored of him. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, Grant Morrison's version of him, where it's like, if he has enough prep time, he can beat anybody. No, he can't. Yeah, yeah. He's got this amazing amount of training, like, I, and he's an amazingly smart person, I'll give him that. But at the same time, he's still just human. He's not a super genius. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd say, and I hope they recast because he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that would be cool if they recast um, Hartley Sawyer. And I guess we just need to wait and see if they do recast him or if they, you know, if they change it totally. So, so in contrast to your list, uh, Cross. So I'm coming at it more of a, from a perspective of. So, all right, I don't. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. So when I was little, my cousin was really into comics, and I wasn't into comics. And he had a long box of all different types, like DC, Marvel, like you know, uh, independent at the time, which was Image uh, Comics. And <coughs> me me being a kid that was like, that loved to draw and loved art, I was immediately drawn to specific types of characters, specific characters. Um, not necessarily because of the story per se, although that does play in, but how they were drawn and how they were portrayed. So that, I'm gonna be kind of coming at this list from a kind of a slightly different perspective I haven't read nearly as many comics as, as Cross has. Um, I do have a lot, um, but when I'm collecting comics, I'm collecting them more from an, from from an art standpoint and how they're how they're portrayed um, first, and then the story for me comes second. So. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about comics is like you love comics for whatever reason you love comics. Yeah, some exactly. People, some people love the art. Some people love the story. Some people go absolutely crazy for like a couple of characters. Some people de- deep dive into so many different characters. It's like yeah. it's that's the thing about it. Like what character, 
these are by no means us saying these are the best characters in comics. Mm-hmm. We're saying these are the ones that we like to read about. These are the ones that we enjoy the artwork for. These are the ones that caught our attention and caught our eye. Yeah. I know with the ones that I'm talking about, I want to create a bit more attention about them and get people to go, hey, these guys are and characters are pretty cool. Yeah. Go check them out. It's like the people don't know about them as often, you know? Ad says, I favor groups more such as Inhumans, Teen Titans, and Monster Howling Commandos group more than single characters. I would agree to a certain extent. I mean, I grew up, like, most of the comics that I got when I was little were X-Men and Avengers. So I grew up reading those, all, you know, all the different, they would trade these characters in the X-Men and input these and take these out and input these. So all the different teams and everything like that. So yeah, I, I like that as well. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And that's, it. that's another big thing. Is like, I think I don't have anyone that's really part of a major team some of them have crossed over into teams and stuff like that but I've not included in there today but yeah teams are definitely a favourite of mine like I, I love the X-Men, I love the Teen Titans I love the the groups like that it's like there's a lot of amazing teams out there so mm-hmm. so yeah I can definitely understand that and like getting a comic where you've got a great group dynamic can definitely be a, a winner for it as well Yeah. but that's it again that's the thing is like everyone's drawn to different comics like just because comics are out there like just because Batman's one of the big selling comics doesn't mean everybody reads Batman like you pick up the comics you like you know you get people who do a lot of that for comic collecting they'll go like that oh I've collected every issue of Spider-Man since the beginning so I need to keep collecting them even if the storyline's crap you don't just collect the books that you want to collect read the characters that you want to read about like the stories that you want to enjoy you know or for me like collect the artists you want to collect yeah, quite like the, the art. specific runs of specific characters that a specific artist is. Oh yeah, and that's that, that's a big one as well. Like I've had <laughs> comics that I've been completely put off of, of like reading because I hated the artwork. Like yeah, I legitimately exactly. couldn't stand the art, and I'm like, I can't read this. Like the art. It is could awful. be a fantastic story, but the art sucks. So you're like, I I don't really want to read it. <laughs> mm. Absolutely, I had that with one. It was a ff during the marvel now initial run like the fantastic four leave to go into space and they leave like a team of four to be the fantastic four while they're gone mm-hmm. um so like it starts off like the comics were together and they merge off of each other and with the ff like all of a sudden this older johnny storm comes back and like apparently this thing happens to the fantastic four while they're in space and he time traveled back to that point uh, i'm like okay. oh i'm really intrigued by this like reading it and stuff like i'm okay i kind of want to see where this goes the art was yeah. awful yeah, it was so that's bad. Like, I'm like, I, I really don't want to read any more of this because like I can't keep looking at this crap art. Well, that's like me. Like I have the omnibus of Ultimate Fantastic Four, and I've cracked it open at least three times, and I'm just like, I, I just, I just, I just can't. And I, you know, I'll never be a person that can illustrate Fantastic Four. So I, I, I'm not saying that whoever did that, which I don't know that who it was offhand, but I'm not saying they're a bad artist. But I just, it's just not my bag. Yeah. So. No. Well, let's delve into this. And so, do we want to do like one sure. for one? Because I'm pretty sure, like, I had a look at your list as well when I was pulling up. Because we made a list of re- reading recommendations. And um, I'll be sharing that on, um, in the chat once we've talked through our characters of like books to read and stories to read on them. Um, so, I don't think we've got anybody that like crosses over that's the same. So, okay. I say we just go one for one. Sure. Um, um, I can go first. If you yeah, want. you go um, for it. You kick us off, Nitro. Who you got first? Right, cool. And like I said, so again, I'm coming at it from a di- from a slightly different perspective. Whereas Cross is selecting kind of more lesser known characters, my top five, everybody is probably gonna know them. Mm. Um, but again, I'm coming at it from more of a like an aesthetic, almost. And some of them, absolutely story. Um, and some of them, I don't know a ton about, because I haven't read a ton about them. Um, but my first one is Ghost Rider. 
So I have a handful of Ghost Riders. This is this is one of the ones that I have. Um, I personally really like Ghost Rider. I, I think the story is fantastic. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I think Johnny Blaze makes a deal with uh, who he thinks is the is the devil at the time to save his his stepdad, and it turns out to be Mephisto. But he gains the Ghost Rider's power, the Spirit of Vengeance, I believe is what it's called, and he he just wrecks shop as a Ghost Rider. His powers, he's basically unlimited power. Uh, it depends on who's writing him, um, and he can turn anything he touches into a weapon. And I just think the character itself, the visuals, some of the splash pages that I've seen from Ghost Rider, the visuals of him just wearing all black leather with spikes and a flaming skull is just one of the sweetest characters, I think, that has ever been created. Oh, yeah, it's, it's one of the it's, coolest least, designs, yeah. At least visually. And I am one of those people that open my comic books, so if you would please forgive me. Um, I know, how dare me, right? But, yeah, yeah I, I just think... Um, the comic book the collector visual, world judges you right now. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I don't, yeah. I don't buy these things to not, to not look at them. So, um, but yeah, I just think the visualness of Ghost Rider and just some of the splash pages that you can do with Ghost Rider are just fantastic. Uh, yeah, some of them are beautiful, um, and, man. And he's worked, you know, he's popped in so many different, um, so many different other character stories. Like you have Blaze and Ghost Rider. Um, he, he's just, he's just been a huge part of a lot of different storylines. Uh, Midnight Suns, I believe. Um, so I would say that that would be my top. Yeah. Um, I would say I know we have reading recommendations. I can mm-hmm. I can pop. Let me just let me just ask as well. So because yeah. you, you mentioned Johnny Blaze, are you speaking specifically like Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze, or are you yes. a fan of like Ghost Rider overall? Because there's also like Danny Ketch and there's um, well, so that's the new question. Ghost Rider, which I've completely blanked on his name. Yeah, that's a good question. So I grew up with Johnny Blaze, mm. transitioning into Danny Ketch. <laughs> Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't know a ton about Danny Ketch. I was doing my research for the podcast, and I found out that some of the stuff that I read actually was actually Danny Ketch, not mm. Johnny Blaze. So um, at, my recommendation would be just be to start at the beginning. Marvel, you know, Ghost Rider Central Volume One, which starts at the beginning. Ghost Rider tells how Johnny Blaze got its powers and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know a ton about um, the 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 newer Ghost Riders per se. Um, like the one that was on Shield. What was his name again? Robbie uh, Reyes. That's it. I'm yeah, trying to remember. It. I, I literally try to remember his name. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he looks awesome. Like I love the the style of his skull and the his car as opposed to the motorcycle. I think that's fantastic. I don't know a ton about him, but I think Ghost Rider is probably not my number one. And the ones that I'm going to be going through are in no particular order. Um, but yeah, that's that's <clears> one of my top. That's one of my top. And it was close for me. It was close. Between Ghost Rider and um, I really like Nightcrawler from the X Men, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Ghost Rider just because of the way he looks and his power set and just what he can do, I think just overrides him just just a little bit. <coughs> Sweet, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love Ghost Rider. So it's such a cool character and definitely part of that kind of Marvel Knights darker side of Marvel. And yes. you'll find him in a lot of that stuff. So it's like, yeah. Well, it's he- it's gonna be fantastic when they're actually able to do a movie that doesn't involve Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. and he's in the MCU. Not that Nicolas Cage is bad, but when when he's actually a part of the MCU, I, but, it's but, gonna be fantastic to see what they do. Nicolas Cage may not be bad, but when he's playing Ghost Rider, it got pretty bad. <laughs> he's, he's bad, especially the second <laughs> yeah. movie. If you da- even dare tread into the second movie, it's bad. 
As... All right, I will say, all right, just just bear with me for a second. So I think in the second movie, I think he looks better as Ghost Rider, and I think the, he the pees... way he displays his power is better than the first one. So, so you think him peeing fire was a better display of his power than than the first well, one? I didn't call out that specific scene. You said his power, display of his power was better. <laughs> there is not a scene in that movie that anyone thinks about. In the, in the trailer, he starts peeing fire. Oh, I don't which I'm that like, actually, but that's hilarious. Which I'm like, how does that even work? He's a skeleton when he turns into Ghost Rider. How the oh right does God. that work? That's freaking hilarious. All right, so. I'm actually going to jump into the other one of the big two. I'm actually going to jump over to DC for my first one. Okay. Because I feel like I have to start off with this guy. Uh, I'm, of course, going to be talking about one of my favorites, Booster Gold. Of course. Uh, in case you don't know, guys, like the whole tagline that I used for like Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you've never heard of, literally, I, I took that from Booster Gold. His tagline is the greatest hero you've never heard of. <laughs> um, so Booster Gold is definitely... I found it when trying to think of like my top five heroes. I definitely have a thing for unusual heroes, like they're either anti-heroes or they're either like they're not quite what the hero stereotype is. Um, and Mister Gold definitely fits that. Um, original name is Michael John Carter. Carter, I can't speak. Um, he's actually originally from the future. He's from the year twenty four forty two. Um, he's a time traveler. He originally, you know, was doing good in college football he was like a, on a star on the way to a big you know big payday looking to join you know i think he went to like was it gotham college i think he went to and was mm. going to start doing well with that and um, but started realizing how good he was doing he actually started betting on his team to lose games and started throwing games and um, so of course when he got found out that totally ruined his name and his reputation mm, got it. Um, and he became a security guard at the metropolis museum where he started becoming obsessed with all the superheroes of the 20th century, yeah. which were all on display there. And one day he decided, my life's crap. So he stole technology from there. He stole a Legion of Superhero, Legionnaire flight ring. He stole um, body armor and different stuff. And basically from different sections and elements put together a superhero costume. And That's stole sick. one of the super and stole one of the security bots, Skeets, who's usually his little sidekick robot that you'll see with him. Actually yeah. stole him from there as well. <laughs> um, and awesome. used Rip Hunter's time machine to travel back to the twentieth century. <clears throat> which great. at the time we didn't know when he did it, actually Rip Hunter is actually Booster Gold's son. And um, he became okay. a time agent. So he actually used his son's time machine, not realizing it belonged to his son at the time, obviously. That's super interesting. Because, you know, time travel. And yeah. he came back, he came to the 20th century to say that he was going to make a big splash and be a big hero because he is 100% the arrogant jackass superhero. He wants the fame, <laughs> he wants the glory, he wants the money. Deep down he is a good guy, deep down he is a hero, he wants to do the right thing, but he also wants the fame and the glory for it. It makes me think, if you want to flash back to like the old Disney cartoons, the Darkwing Duck. Oh yeah. Like, it's, like he is a hero and he is a good guy, but he also wants the glory as well. <laughs> Um, and his name, Booster Gold itself, he came up with by sheer accident. Um, because he was actually, he actually went into a whole thing where he saved the president. The president was under attack. Oh, oh there he is, yeah, Booster Gold. Um, so he was actually going to save the, went into a thing, the terrorists were coming for the president, and he managed to save the president. The president wanted to, like, you know, 
praise him up and asked what his name was. He was originally going to say Gold Star. That was going to be his name. <laughs> um, but he kind of stuttered and stumbled. Like when he was um, telling his name and he went, uh, Booster, no wait, Gold. And the president announced him as Booster Gold. <laughs> so he became oh, Booster hilarious. Gold from there. Um, so Booster Gold, um, actually as well, amazing thing to know, Booster Gold was actually created by Dan Jurgens, who's most famous for the Death of Superman story and the creator of Doomsday. Oh wow, I didn't know He's that. actually the creator of Booster Gold as well, um, which is why you'll see Booster Gold not only uh, appearing in his solo runs, but also when Dan Jurgens took over writing Superman in Rebirth, Booster Gold makes a story arc appearance in that as well. Um, mm. Booster Gold is also the man who coined Doomsday's name because he basically said it looked like it was Doomsday when Superman mm. asked him what was going on. So he was actually, Mr. Go was the one responsible for naming Doomsday and that iconic name. And awesome. So Mr. Gold had his own solo series for a little while as well. And his most famous run though is when he joined Justice League International, um, which is of course where he met his longtime best friend and created one of the greatest, if not the greatest bromance in comic book history with Ted Kord, the Blue Beetle. I freaking love these two together. This is They are such a fun pairing. They are such a fun partnership. Don't you have one of the comics in the, uh, behind you? On the, on the... <laughs> yes, like, I don't have um, them, but like on my wall here, you'll actually see just at the end, I've got Blue Beetle number one from Ted Kord's original run when he first became Blue Beetle as part of DC because he was actually oh, okay. owned by a different comic company initially. Um, and then just a couple over from him I've got the Booster Gold number one from his initial run up on my wall as well nice. I absolutely adore Blue Beetle and Booster Gold the two of them are so fun together um, from their Justice League International and um, Booster Gold also got a solo run from Jeff Johns and which there's a big story arc volume 2 of that is Booster Gold and Blue Beetle together <clears throat> and then if you want to dive into some different stuff for them and um, to see that friendship the Injustice 2 comic from Tom Taylor that ties into the Injustice 2 video game and um, there's a big storyline for that with um, Booster Gold um, connecting with the younger Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes and gotcha. starts training him and stuff but like he also connects with Ted Kord and there's a really emotional scene in that with him as well I was literally broken up with it it's, it was such good writing like I literally want Tom Taylor to write a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold series um, but after his Jeff Johns series, Booster Gold kind of disappeared. They hinted at something big happening for him um, during the New 52. Yeah. <clears throat> he became the leader of Justice League International, which was like a government-funded and government-sponsored Justice League. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the second volume of that, um, apparently like another version of Booster Gold appears to himself, telling him that he has to stop Superman and Wonder Woman from getting together. Um, his life depends on it, which of course he then sees them kissing on a monitor and he actually fades into nothingness he disappears that ends up kind of coming up as a big thing in Convergence, the storyline that everyone ignores from DC because it was awful um, but he then of course, like Booster Gold finally makes his big return um, in Rebirth as part of Dan Jurgen's run, which mm -hmm. I mentioned where he, Superman basically Spoilers for that Dan Jurgen run, by the way. Mr. Oz, who's like tormenting Superman, uh, reveals himself to actually be Superman's father, Jor-El. So Superman wants to go back to Krypton to find out if he's telling the truth that basically Dr. Manhattan 
plucked him off of Krypton when he died, right before he died. Um, and Booster Gold follows him back, basically saying, you can't do this, we have to stop this. Um, so that was a cool story for him. The next big yeah. appearance is from him. Or of course then, Tom King started writing him, and Tom King wrote him awful. I hate Tom King's writing of Booster Gold. <laughs> I'm going to mention that right now. Um, right because because after doing a whole big thing with Superman and saying you shouldn't go back and change history Booster Gold apparently leading up to the wedding of Batman and Selina Kyle decides you know what Bruce really needs at his wedding his parents I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to bring them forward which oh did you not read the storyline where he just stopped Superman from wrecking the timeline which of course Booster Gold then wrecks the timeline so so in thinking about like time travel and stuff like that does Booster Gold ever like um <clears throat> interact with flash as far as like changing timelines and stuff not in terms of with flashpoint not in terms of changing timelines not that i'm aware of but he does do a lot of time travel stories like there's um, the vanishing point yeah. story and stuff where he tries to help superman and green lantern go look for batman after he disappears okay. and they learn that like he was sent back in time and um, so there's definitely some time travel stories but there's no crossover with the flash as far as i'm aware um, okay. But the most recent appearances for Booster Gold was, of course, in Heroes in Crisis from Tom King, which is what he set up in the Batman book. That after he wrecked the timeline, Booster Gold goes to Sanctuary, the place for heroes that have got mental health issues and to recover mm -hmm. from stuff, where he's accused of being a murderer and all that stuff, and the guy that killed them, it turns out it's not him. And the other person accused, fell enough, is Harley Quinn, and the most recent appearance I've seen of Booster Gold that's quite interesting is it heavily hinted that there might be a romance blossoming between Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. Huh. Which I'm like, I can kind of see that. I can kind of yeah. see that working. Um, but yeah, Booster is one of my favourites. He's such a fun character. He's all about the glory. Him and Ted are complete men-childs, you know. It's yeah. like they love having fun. They love playing pranks. Everything's, you know, they're great heroes, but they also like, you know, joking around as well. They're absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta read some of that stuff. I, I didn't, I knew nothing about Booster Gold, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, especially the part where he's trying to create his costume and he's stealing stuff from a museum. Yeah, he literally takes all the stuff. And um, if you want to talk about his powers and stuff, he um, has flight thanks to the Legionnaire Ring. He has augmented strength and. Um, a shield and different stuff all because of the armor and then he also has Skeets who's able to tap into who's basically a little history bot who tells him about different things in history so if he needs information Skeets like keeps him up to oh, date that's on stuff awesome. so like, yeah. it's, it's really well thought out it's like he's he's yeah. well worth reading that's sweet all right on to your second one then who you got for us all right so my second one um is probably the one that i know the least about um but i just find I find the story and I find the way that they they draw him and portray him just awesome. Uh, and that would be Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. I, now, alright, so here's the thing. I didn't grow up reading Moon Knight. In fact, I only found out about Moon Knight probably less than 10 years ago. So he's still fairly new to me. Um, oh, but I think, the, I think the entire story of him, you know, being a mercenary and going over to Egypt, being left for dead, getting powers, Khonshu, I believe, the moon god, the Egyptian moon god, and then coming back and just wrecking shop. Uh, he doesn't have the rules that Batman does, so he does kill people <laughs> at times. Um, here's another one. Here's a, one of the omnibuses that I, that I, I picked up uh, about a year or two ago. But um, I just, I love his whole skill set. I love the way he looks. 
um, I'm going to share a, a picture real quick. So for those of you who oh, haven't seen him, that's I mean, sweet. what's not to like? What's not to like about that? He does he have like looks... a very cool design. He's it's yeah. just beautiful, man. And one of the things that I really, really like about him is, for those of you who don't know the story, I'll try to, <laughs> I'll try to like surmise it at a high <clears> level. <throat> Basically, he's a mercenary. He goes over to get some get some hidden treasure, I believe, from Egypt. And the guy that he's with basically beats the mess out of him and leaves him for dead. He dies uh, at an Egyptian temple to Khonshu, who's, I believe, Khonshu. Yeah. The, um, basically the lunar god for the Egyptians. And that god says, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you power, um, but you need to avenge me, basically. So he becomes a mercenary, like a, an Avenger, I guess. Not a Marvel Avenger, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and he's he's basically catching criminals basically when he comes back but the thing that I think makes him obviously makes him super unique is his, he has a multiple personality disorder so the guy as the mercenary his name is Mark Spector um, as the vigilante he's known as Moon Knight but he also created two separate identities full-fledged identities um, you have Stephen Grant who's the millionaire um, so he, he, that's the public front that people see as him as a person. And then there's a, there's a taxi cab driver. <laughs> uh, I think his name is like Jake Lockley or something like that. And then later on in the series, he starts interacting with police um, and being sort of almost like a detective. And he takes on the persona as Mr. Knight, who wears a white suit, a white tie, and a basically a skin-tight mask on his face. So, I, I mean, I think the whole it, his whole thing is almost preposterous to me, but it just looks so awesome and his power set is awesome because it's lunar based it's a lunar based power so he interacts with werewolves like <laughs> in some of his runs so he gets bit so that just changes the way his powers work um it's just i find i find the character fascinating he's super cool i don't like i said i don't know a ton about him i've actually just started reading him within the past year um but he seems like a very interesting character and he's the type of character that you could keep like bridging off on things because he has multiple personality disorder and you can kind of you can kind of go any direction you want with that definitely so definitely. that's my jam Moon he is awesome be. also yeah. as well shout out that will be a disney plus show coming out in the next few years yes. of midnight as well so he's going to be coming to live action as well as part of the mcu so definitely worth so, checking out to piggyback on that i think from what i'm hearing they're doing a blade they're doing moon knight they're doing ghost rider um, so I think we might get like a Midnight Suns type thing. That'd be cool. Like, I know there's definitely yeah. a Blade movie that's been announced, and I know there's apparently the Midnight show is meant to connect with that somehow. So mm -hmm. they could be setting up for a kind of Midnight Suns sort of setup. I definitely yeah. think. Yeah. So yeah, so your guy has dissociative sort of identity disorder. Yeah. I think it's only fair that I do my next guy, who <laughs> also has dissociative sort of identity disorder. Like um, I'm going to be talking about this is the guy who if you looked at my hints of who I was posting about the one I said like I don't even know if I can class him as a hero but I find him such an interesting character and there's not a lot out there about him in Marvel as well which I think kind of adds to it I want more but I kind of don't because it adds to just how intriguing the character is Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Legion David Holler mm. um, the son of Charles Xavier See, I know nothing about Legion, so you're going to have to help me out. Yeah. Legion, like, basically, the initial thing to know about him is he is essentially, like, possibly the most powerful mutant on the planet. He is on mega level to the max. 
Like, I, I literally want our next square go to see him at his full power face off against Franklin Richard at his full power. Ooh. Because, like, that would be, like, insane. Yeah. So, Legion was the son of Charles Xavier and Gabriel Haller, who was a woman who was actually a patient of Charles Xavier. He was using his mutant ability to help people overcome um, trauma from the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. While treating her, the two of them developed a romantic relationship and they obviously slept together. Um, yeah. She ended up having David um, and naming his middle name is actually Charles after his father. Oh, okay. Um, but she never told Xavier. So mm. Xavier had no idea he existed. So Legion lived with his mom until she was eventually killed by a terrorist group. Legion essentially, or well, David, I'll call him at this point because he's not quite Legion, through the trauma because as we know from mutants, either going through puberty is a big you know effect of their mutant powers or some sort of trauma and ptsd can affect yeah. their mutant powers so his mutant powers activated one of his he has like limitless mutant abilities like if you name it there's a chance he can do it like it's insane how powerful this dude is but he also one of his abilities is to absorb soul so he absorbs personalities and people in and then in dealing with the terrorists, it also fractured his personality. So he has different personalities within his mind, each of whom are all fighting to get to the surface and also control one of his abilities. He literally has thousands of personalities in his head. That's why he's called Legion, because he has literally many. Mm. He... Some of the most notable stuff about that, he obviously then kind of went looking for his father and found Charles Xavier, and he even became an X-Man for a short while. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the most notable story that he's a part of, that most people know him for, it wasn't called this initially, but later they entitled it Legion Quest. Okay. Um, and it's literally... He decides to help his father's work by taking out his greatest enemy, Magneto. Okay. So one of his abilities is to time travel and he travels back to the past to kill Magneto before he becomes the huge mutant threat. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the time he travels to, Charles Xavier is still Magneto's friend. So when he oh. goes to kill Magneto, he actually ends up killing his own father. Holy cow. Magneto then decides to take over Charles Xavier's work and Legion is actually responsible for the Age of Apocalypse storyline and x-men because charles died and magneto took over that like that whole that whole change in timeline was mm-hmm. caused because of legion dang i didn't know that and um, eventually that was all overturned and they managed to get the world back to the way it was meant to be and um, oh, yeah of course they couldn't leave it like that for too long but that <laughs> the, but that's the thing that literally every x-men comic anything linked to x-men stopped Huh. They were all Age of Apocalypse. They literally stopped their entire mutant line. Everything became Age of Apocalypse. This was like a line-wide thing, and they stopped it dead. It was kind of insane, but it's yeah, one of the most. Some of the Age of Apocalypse. I just I didn't know that that was the actual storyline. That's crazy. yeah. That's how it came to be. Um, so Legion obviously ends up coming back. Um, initially to control his powers, he literally the guy I was literally watching someone talk about it, and he literally described it like you know the Ben Ten TV show. Where he has like the wrist thing, he can pick like an alien ability to like have, and he turns into that alien. Yeah. Like literally, the Legion ends up with a wristband like that that allows him to tap into a personality and use their powers, without that personality having to take over. Yeah. 
Um, but again, oh, Legion wow. kind of disappears into the background for a while. He only shows up every so often. Um, so my favourite um, series, the one that really got me into reading about David Haller, the first one I read of him that really got my attention, um, is called X Men Legacy. And it follows. I'm looking his... at a cover right now. <clears throat> yeah. Of him on it, yeah. And literally, like the story, he goes to like a monk. He's his father takes him to like a monk there, and yeah, like um, his father takes him to a monk who gets like his, who helps him like get in control of his powers, get in control of his abilities. And what he actually does is mentally, he actually creates a prison in his head. Ooh. He creates a prison in his head and locks away every single personality, and he becomes the jailer, and has like a device on his hand where he'll inject the person so that he can use that ability and this is all in his head <clears throat> yeah but this also ha this is also running concurrent with the the avengers versus x-men storyline which if okay. you know that storyline that's when the phoenix force comes back and the x-men take that over and in the last issues of that cyclops actually kills professor x with the phoenix force that sets yeah. legion off his mind yeah. breaks open and the story has this amazing like turn of real life David Holler and what's happening and also David inside his own mind because all these personalities are free and they want to kill him and they want to take over and they want to be the main personality <clears throat> Yeah. so you get this great concurrent thing of that going back and forth um, <clears throat> but he goes on a journey and he ends up um, befriending like one of the X-Men um, What's her name? I completely blanked her name there, but she's a blind girl. This with the X Men. But sure. she she ends up like um he ends up befriending her and stuff and ends up trying to save a couple of kids who are mutants that he thinks are being trapped and stuff and Is it Destiny? Is that no, nah, it's not Destiny. Um I wanna say like Blind Spot or something like that. Blindfold? Maybe oh. I wanna say Blind Spot sounds familiar, but that may not be right. Okay. <clears throat> um but basically the end of that storyline the end of that major one like you even see like Wolverine asking him to come and be part of the X-Men and stuff like that and um, you know with Xavier being dead to help with his father's vision and he says no like he decides he wants to take up his father's vision but he's not going to be part of the X-Men he wants to help mutants mm -hmm. and that's the road he goes on it's like three or four volumes I want to say to this story um, but by the end of the storyline he basically decides that he's done yeah. the best thing that he can do is to not exist so at the peak of his power like with his full power unleashed he actually basically writes himself out of history Dang. he like writes himself out so that he never existed Yeah, and that obviously doesn't last long like I recently they've done another Legion comic I have not read that most recent one I'll be honest so I'm not sure how they do if they even yeah. explain how he comes back or what really happens in it but he's such an interesting character and like the TV show is good but I think it only really touches on part of it Yeah, it really only touches part of this amazing story like because mm -hmm. you've got him like helping out with the X-Men you've got him fighting the Shadow King you've got him starting Age of Apocalypse you've got him trying to control his personalities like mm -hmm. and he is so powerful he can do pyrokinesis, telekinesis he can, he can transport amazing distances even through space billions of miles away he can um, alter reality. He can shapeshift. He can. There are so many abilities he is capable of, but it's also tempered by the fact of like he's not always in control. Yeah. 
didn't they um they made a tv show about him right yeah they made a show legion i think it got three seasons and um, okay. uh, it's been cancelled now because of the um like marvel buying out the fox mm. stuff yeah um, so it was stopped but the tv show was interesting it definitely yeah, i didn't see it it definitely caught a lot of the stuff for it but it didn't capture half of it because you were doing yeah. the story basically without the x-men and actually a lot of the ties to the x-men are what make him interesting you know, yeah. I think at the end of season one they hint that Charles Xavier's his father, mm-hmm. and who he is, or like they show like images of who he could be, but they don't specifically mention him. And I'm like, but that's part of what it's interest, and that's part of like why you think like yeah, that's probably one of the reasons he's so powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> Although one thing someone did say like Charles didn't know his son existed until eventually he came to him. Like the most powerful psychic in the world couldn't pick yeah, up on, on. I don't couldn't mind couldn't pick up on his son who happens to be one of the most powerful omega level mutants on the planet. He like, probably for conveniently <clears throat> forgot to tell people that he the, probably the did. He probably mutant on the planet. <laughs> no, honestly, like he probably just ignored his son and hoped it would go away. It's like if you read some yeah. of the st- if you read some of the stuff for Xavier, he's not always a nice guy. He's actually a bit of a jackass sometimes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, so that's mine, and he is officially diagnosed with uh, dissociative identity disorder, so that's why I thought I'd do him next, because something him and Moon Knight share. Yeah, that's awesome. Alright. Um, Alright, there you go for me. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta look up that dude. Okay, so, Booster Gold and Legion. I, I knew, like I said, I knew nothing about Booster Gold. He sounds fantastic. He sounds somebody I would love. But Legion sounds like somebody I would like to, so I gotta write him down. Alright. <clears throat> I'm gonna do the next two, okay? Just because they're kind of related. Yeah, uh, sure. All right. So that big box of comics that I told you guys about at the beginning of the show that I got that I inherited from my cousin when I was little, probably forty to fifty percent was Spider-Man, and specifically the Amazing Spider-Man. So Spider-Man from the '90s, Mark Bagley, um, Todd McFarlane holds a special place in my heart. So that would be part of the list so amazing spider-man basically anything from number 200 to number 400 i don't know if you could see that um that would include craven's last hunt oh yeah um that would also include the clone saga the hobgoblin saga uh, all the major uh maximum carnage all that stuff when carnage is introduced oh i love um, that cover it's so sweet i know it's probably one of my favorite covers <clears throat> So you have the the trio of them fighting Venom and Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man because he's obviously probably one of the most fleshed out comic characters of all time. I I would say the same about Batman and Superman. I would say those three probably make up the majority of stuff that's sold for comics. But I think they're the most fleshed out. I think they have the deepest stories out of all the... As far as like... um, all the gap, all the holes uh, in their stories are kind of filled in. Like, there's nothing really left to the imagination with Spider-Man. I think the whole, I think the whole story of a kid getting superpowers uh, in high school and him just being super smart—not like genius-level intelligence, but being super smart enough to create what he creates with the web shooters—they are not organic. <laughs> the web shooters and the suit and all that stuff and. <clears throat> just the intricacies of what comes along with that about maintaining relationships like Mary Mary Jane and his Aunt May losing his um, his uncle uh, and then you have uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man which was kind of their Marvel's resetting of their universe into the Ultimate Universe so they kind of retell the story basically uh, 
this is again one of my favorite comic book artists of all time mark bagley um he did most of the amazing spider-man in the 90s i would assume um but that, that's the retelling basically of peter parker how he becomes spider-man um it reintroduces all the new villains kind of jazzed up like hobgoblin is the size of a building <laughs> in this one um but it also introduces um uh, later on down that line miles morales um yeah. uh as spider-man and all that stuff so that's a really cool run i've actually just started collecting these this is volume one uh i think i'm on volume four or five right now um so i just really <clears throat> like spider-man i love the way he looks i think uh the character itself lend or the character lends itself to being drawn really good like really cool all these unique poses um, there's a lot of team-ups with Spider-Man that are really cool. Him and Daredevil. I mean, classic, which has not been seen on the big screen yet, which I'm I'm anxious to see that. Um, but I just really like... And I think a big part of it is two of my favorite <coughs> artists of all time, Todd McFarlane and Mark Bagley drew him. Yeah. Um, and I just think... I think their art is phenomenal. I think the way that they portray stuff on screen is phenomenal, or on the page is phenomenal. Here's another one. This is probably one of my favorite covers. Mm. It's Venom and Spider-Man. That's, again, Mark Bagley. So um, But yeah, I would say Spider-Man is probably tied for my first. For my for my first. For my number one. Um, Along with that, kind of related to that, is this dude. Venom. Oh, yeah. If, if you haven't read any Venom, you got to read Lethal Protector. Um, that's basically the story of him, him and Spider-Man getting into it. And Spider-Man's basically like, dude, you got to leave. You gotta, you gotta leave New York. So he ends up going to San Francisco and he ends up becoming more of an anti-hero uh, as opposed to a straight villain for Spider-Man. Um, but again, Mark Bagley, I just love his art and I love the way that he portrays this dude. And I love the way that he portrays the symbiote because the symbiote that makes Venom, obviously, was introduced in Secret Wars uh, issue 8, like way back in like the 80s, I think. Um maybe the 80s maybe early 90s or whatever uh but it gets on spider-man and it's just i like the way that it it shows it it displays itself different based off who it it gets on and i know one of your favorite venoms is uh flash thompson mm-hmm. um and you know when it gets on flash thompson he has a gun and he has like army boots i mean it's it's i just love it's so versatile oh yeah actually with flash thompson it's his legs flash thompson like is kicked out of the military because he loses his legs on war yeah and the yeah. the venom symbiote literally creates legs for him it's it's so cool yeah but i i mean the way that the way that venom kind of talks to himself um i find really cool i'm trying to find a really cool splash panel i'm opening the comic again for my for my people on the on the uh on the thing i love it yeah. i love how you're telling that to people who are just listening to the audio so everyone can equally hate you that is a comic collector that <laughs> for opening the comics up <laughs> so this is probably one of my favorite panels. oh ever of venom that is sweet man that is a I just, beautiful panel i just love it man and i would pour, i remember when i was little i would just pour over these comics and just it, it's just awesome so this this a lot of these like venom and spider-man were my imp- inspiration to start drawing and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah spider-man and venom are probably in my top my top three obviously so definitely well i'm going to keep in the same vein of that then because uh, right. I said that Spider-Man is not on my list. That does not mean there is not a Spider character on my list. Okay. I am going to be talking about... He's actually another one that's up on my wall, right between Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. 
I'm talking about the Scarlet Spider, but not Ben Riley. I'm talking about Kane Parker, the other clone, the original okay. clone of Spider-Man. <clears throat> I love Kane Parker. As, again, I said, I think I'm drawn to like, these anti-heroes that wear black and red. Like, First of all, I adore the suit. His Scarlet Spider suit is beautiful. I, it's yeah. one of my favourite spider suits ever. It is like completely red all the way up to the shoulders where it goes black to the shoulders and the mask and then the eyes are red and it's got the big black spider on the chest. It is beautiful simplicity design. I absolutely freaking adore it. It's Kane Parker um, was again kind of like Ben Riley. He has a lot of similarity to Ben Riley, who is another clone of Spider-Man appears as part of the clone saga story. I know, I know, everyone's making weird noises. Oh my goodness, a clone saga. One of the most hated Spider-Man runs in history. He's <clears throat> like, I get it, but, you know, this guy is worth it. Yeah. Created by, as the original clone of Peter Parker by Miles Warren, the Jackal, Kane was actually deformed and mentally unstable. That's why he didn't stick around. That's why he never tried, the Jackal never tried to use him. It was his first attempt, and he was messed up. Mm-hmm. Um. Kane actually believed that Ben Riley was the original Spider-Man and it was Peter that was the clone. Um, so that's why following the clone saga, he actually leaves town and follows Ben. That's why when like Ben Riley returns, it's Kane that's following him. And because he thinks he's the real Spider-Man and doesn't want to do anything to Peter because he thinks Peter's like him. He's a clone just like him. Yeah. And to try and give Peter a good life, he actually starts murdering people and trying to frame Ben Riley. Um, because they've got the same fingerprints, they're clones. Unfortunately, this backfires and Peter actually gets accused of it. Mm. Um, He manages to get out of that and then he faces off with... um, He then decides he's going to try and assist and faces off with a number of Spider-Man villains and stuff to try and help. This is after him having battled Spider-Man and Ben Riley and all this stuff. He was a full-blown bad guy to begin with. Eventually, after taking on these villains and without this kind of like you know you said like Moon Knight to Batman like has no morals like Kane doesn't have the morals he's he literally pommels Rhino into the ground and almost kills him and it's like so it's like Peter like confronts him and says to him look I'm going to go public with my identity if you don't stop this yeah and he doesn't want him to do that because he doesn't want him to hurt himself because he still feels that connection to Peter yeah um sorry I've got a list of theories like um He's not ruin his life, so it's like instead he agrees to go and help Ben Riley take out all the other spider clones that the Jackal created. So he goes off on an adventure with Ben Riley to stop them. Um, during that time with with Ben Riley, he gets a conscience, decides to go to prison, mm. and to pay for the crimes that he's done, and then his cellular deg- and degradation that was affecting him that caused him to be mutated starts to worsen, and so he ends up going yeah. to hospital because he's basically dying. Yeah. Um, following the end of the Clone Saga, the death of Ben Riley, and the reveal that Norman Osborn was behind it all, um, he leaves the hospital to go and hunt down Osborn. And uh, and later on, teaming with Peter Parker, he would actually like die saving Peter's life. Mm-hmm. Um, due to his like weird like cells, though, like he would actually resurrect pretty much immediately in a new mutated form. Hmm. Um. From there, he was then captured by the Jackal and further mutated, and um, where he would. Benny Bruce, you and Jarrett would get along close. Yeah, if he likes Kane, then absolutely, one of the best heroes out there. 
Um, so Kane's further mutations, basically it comes to a head in the big event, Spy Spider Island, one of Dan Slott's biggest events for like his Spider-Man run. And um, where basically all the people in New York start getting turned into people with spider powers. Um, Kane is actually fully mutated to the point of being a man spider. Um, he has the body of a man but the head of a spider, covered in spider hairs, growing extra legs out his back, you know, the whole shebang. <coughs> He go, he's ordered to go and stop the creation of an antidote, which Peter manages to then knock him into the antidote and submerge him in it. And when he comes out, he's actually a, um, he's actually a completely perfect Peter Parker clone, just like Ben Riley was. Oh wow! All the yeah. degradation's gone. All the morphing to the creature's gone. His face is fixed. Everything. He then obviously helps end that, end the whole Spider Island event. It finds out he actually has some new abilities thanks to all the stuff that Jackal's done to him. And these abilities include stingers on his wrist that he can use when attacking people. Oh, and nice. Also as well, it comes out later in his story, he can actually kind of mind control spiders a little bit, which is just a really weird random ability yeah. <laughs> that they gave him. Um, so he decides to go off and actually try the hero thing. Um, he takes up the, sp the Scarlet Spider mantle, which obviously Ben Riley left behind when he died, mm -hmm. um, and goes to Houston, Texas to be a hero there. Um, he has success being a hero and stuff like that and starts to kind of, you know, he's still a jackass. He's like, he is the darker, like, jackass version of Peter Parker. He really doesn't seem to care for anyone. But, like, he kind of, as the story goes, starts to, like, forgive himself and starts to realise he can have that redemption. Um, he even teams up with the new warriors for a bit and then um, we see him, like, in the Spider-Verse event. And uh, following Spider-Verse series was cancelled so he never went back to Houston, but following that going into like the clone conspiracy when the jackal comes back and stuff and it turns out Ben Riley's behind it all and um, he was actually Kane's actually still working with one of the inheritors from the so Spider-Man on, so Spider on your list too Spider-Man no <laughs> a Spider-Man is on my list yeah <laughs> it's on his list and <laughs> um, so yeah he's actually working with one of the inheritors from this after the end of the Spider-Verse arc because they're all dead bar one and he starts using it to try and traverse like the multiverse to try and help people to try and help other spider people and but also finds out like this big like there's something big coming this big problem this big disease and he thinks that in the 616 the main continuity is coming because of the jackal's return mm. so he that's when he goes there to try and help peter and deal with that from there like it's revealed ben riley's behind it all and he's Ben Riley starts going through his own redemption arc, and the next time we see Kane is really just reappearing through the Scarlet Spider comic with Ben Riley. Um, spiders, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, his also his powers and abilities. He can do pretty much everything that Peter Parker can do, but thanks to all the genetic stuff that's taken to him, he actually has a lot of other abilities also. Yeah. Um, you mentioned organic webbing that Peter doesn't have that, Kane actually does he's got organic webbing that he can utilise he's mm. got the stingers that I mentioned in his wrists, he's actually three times stronger than Peter Parker good, great um, he can burn foes by touching them skin to skin with a special ability he's got um, he can see in the dark limited control over spiders and insects um, spider sense can't detect him kind of same as like Venom and Carnage obviously um, and then his suit is also created from an old stealth suit which also allows him to turn invisible and is impervious to sonic attacks so yeah he's very much the 
the darker version of Peter Parker. But he's definitely a cool anti-hero and definitely got a great uh, see you guys tonight. Yes, yeah, see you tonight, man. Thank you for popping in. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, if you're not doing it already, rest of the comic clan, go give the Infinity Bros a follow. They're absolute legends and their podcast is up on iTunes and um, Spotify and will actually be hopefully appearing in this week's episode, I believe, that will be going yeah, out later this week. In, guys. Yeah, so thanks for coming in, guys. Um, so yeah, so I, I absolutely adore Ken because it's just, it's... I love the... Apparently what I realised from that is I love the redemption arc stories. I love guys who have struggled, yes. who are bad, who are... Who have yep. gone through those hardships because it literally like we're literally watching with the family because um my wife and i've been watching through avatar the last airbender since it dropped to netflix yeah. just little by little and like one yeah. of my favorite characters in that is prince zuko and i made a complete connection with kane for that like the villain who realizes the error yeah. of his ways and tries to make the redemption it's yeah. like it's i love redemption art so i think that's why i love some of these anti-heroes so much is because they have something to prove and it's like and I don't want really to take it from a Christian perspective of like my own life, but like I look at my life and the mistakes I've made and the things that I've done wrong and Yeah. The fact that that isn't the end of the story, the fact that that's not yeah. the end of everything and we get to move forward from that, like I, I really connect with stories like that. And Kane's is one hundred percent that story. Dude, I gotta read some of that. I, I had no idea I knew Kane Parker existed, yeah. but I gotta, his I gotta main Scarlet Spider story I think is Chris Jost that writes it as like if you want to see Kane as a hero, that's him that's run it's You're, the only solo run he ever got and you got that on the reading list right? oh yeah 100 percent. okay oh yeah I gotta, I gotta check that out yeah i've got a bunch of stuff in the reading recommendations for mine like different major points and all the people i'm talking about um so you did too so i guess i'm doing my next one then yeah absolutely yoshi ost thank for... you so much for joining the comic clan bro absolutely appreciate it thank you for coming here and be part of this thank you for joining you're now officially part of the comic awesome. clan Hey, uh, Cross, I gotta step away just for a second. I'll be right back. No worries. Oh, sorry about that, Yoshi. It looks like it's... Nightbot is, like, giving you a row. I apologize for that completely. <laughs> the moment block... I'm sorry. I was like... I'll, I'll try and edit that and fix that for the next time. I've had that a couple of times. I meant to fix it already. Complete apologies for that. Um, so, yeah, for anyone that's just joining us here, we're talking about our five favorite heroes. Um, let me throw up the reading recommendation list now, actually, then, just while Nitro's had to step away. Um, so we put together a reading recommendation wish list on Amazon um, of all the stories we could find. So you can click on there and find great stories and all the heroes that we're talking about today. Um, we've already mentioned um, Nitro mentioned Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, uh, Venom, Spider-Man. Um, and so far I've mentioned Booster Gold, um, Legion and Scarlet Spider. Um, there we go. Sorry, I didn't want to go into it without you being here, so I chucked oh, in the I, I chucked in the thing. reading recommendation list in the chat. So if you want to click on that, it's a full list of all the stuff. The awesome. <clears throat> um, so my next one is I said I didn't have any major X Men on my list, but I do have another mutant who's X Men, um, and it's actually Wolverine. Okay. But it's Twist. not Logan. I am talking about Wolverine slash X-23, Laura Kinney. The second clone on my list, which I just realized I've got two clones on my list. Um, the clone of Wolverine, clone slash daughter of Wolverine. <clears throat> Laura Kinney is an amazingly, amazingly interesting character with a great backstory. 
Um, her original appearance actually wasn't in the comics. If anyone knows like the story of Harley Quinn, how she started off in Batman the animated series, um, and then was brought into the comics, it's the exact same for Laura. She started off in the X Men Evolution cartoon season three. She made her first appearance as a clone of Wolverine, and she was received so positively um, that she was brought into the comics. She was brought into the comic books. Um, uh, original description of the creator, um, bringing her into Marvel Comics, was she's Marvel Comics Pinocchio. She's a samurai sword weapon that turns into a real girl. <coughs> so, um, oh, is your mic on? Oh, you're muted. Yep, I'm good. Sorry about that. <laughs> there we go. So I just went. I, I saw you reacting. I'm like, I can't hear you. <coughs> that, that that was a really cool description. Mm. I've never heard that before. So yeah, so her original thing was um, she's a definitely a clone of Wolverine. So Wolverine, obviously, anyone who knows her story, I think anyone who knows superheroes knows Wolverine's story for the most part. Um, at least the part where he escapes Weapon X, Weapon Plus, whatever the heck the name of it is now. Um, but he escapes there and they obviously are mad at that and want to recreate it. They want to recreate Wolverine in the lab. So they have DNA samples of him, so they decide they want to try and create it, but they're not having any success with like making a new Wolverine. So they bring in a geneticist, Sarah Kinney, um, who she suggests cloning Wolverine is the best idea. The problem is that the genome they have for Wolverine is damaged, um, and the Y chromosome is damaged. So they decide to replicate the X chromosome. Um, and that's why Laura Kinney is a clone of Wolverine, but it's female because they replicate the X chromosome. And as most of you know, if you know biology, like double X chromosome means it's a female. Yeah, that's why it's um, X2, right? <clears throat> yeah, so. Um, so from there, she gets. They decide to try and create her. Um, the backers of Weapon X are against it. Because they think any sort of changes is going to compromise Wolverine's clone, it's going to make it not as powerful as a weapon. Sarah Kenny doesn't care. She decides to go ahead and duplicate it anyway and start creating it. Um, and on her 23rd attempt, she get, creates a viable specimen, hence why it's X-23. X representing um, the Weapon X program and 23 because it's a 23rd specimen. Um, so because she went behind everyone's back, her boss Bryce is really mad at this and says, well, you have to carry the baby to term then. You have to carry us to term. Yeah. So she actually gets implanted with the embryo and becomes the surrogate mother for surrogate mother or actual mother, depending how you want it. Because technically she's implanted with it and gives birth to it. So yeah, I don't know how that works for clones, but okay. And <laughs> um, so sure. she does. She carries Comics. the baby for yeah. She carries the baby for nine months, um, and when X twenty three is old enough, she began like and I mean like child. She began to get trained to become a weapon. They started yeah. training her to remove her humanity. They started training her in all sorts of martial arts and fighting styles. Uh, Dr. Kinney wasn't allowed to mother her or treat her like a child in any way. Um, but she absolutely ignored this and started treating her like a child, reading her bedtime stories. And in a, in a funny story, I guess, that they actually one of the stories that she's seen reading to her is Pinocchio. Um, so that's a fun Easter egg to the original uh -huh. um, description of her. Um, so X-23 ends up getting exposed to radiation to activate her mutant gene. Her mutant genome activates and it's basically it gives her the exact same abilities as Wolverine. She has the same heightened senses he does, she has the same healing ability and she has bone claws like he does. Um, only difference is she has two bone claws in her hand instead of three. 
Yeah. But she also has a bone claw on her foot. Yeah. So, <clears throat> slight differences. I don't know if that's just a case of mutations act differently or if it's like something to do with the fact that she was female so it happened in a different way but it's a cool um, different change to it um, so Bryce the boss decides to put adamantium on her claws on her foot and her hands um, unlike Wolverine though she doesn't have adamantium on her whole skeleton Okay. she only has it on the claws and so, I did not know that. so she's still viable to be hurt in ways that she can still have. We see her at one point getting a limb cut off and it regrows and stuff like that. And um, something that'd be a lot harder to do to Wolverine because you get to the skeleton, you stop, you can't really cut through. Yeah. So, and <clears throat> um, so these abilities basically allow her to become one of the world's top assassins by the age of eleven. By the age of eleven, she's sent out on missions. She's sent on killing spree. She she's literally designed to be a weapon. Um, but the bosses at the facility basically use her to make a power move. One thing that Laura Kinney has is a trigger scent. She's trained with a trigger scent that once she smells it, she goes into a blind rage. She can't stop. It doesn't matter if it's friend or foe, she kills them. And Bryce, the boss over Dr. Kinney, uses this to kill the head of um, Weapon X and make a ploy. <coughs> she kills him and kills... Um, his wife, but doesn't kill their child. She has compassion on them. So, like, Sarah realises that Laura still has some good inside of her and decides she wants to run away with her. Especially upon finding out that X-23 wasn't the last experiment. They kept pushing it and they actually have X-24 through X-50 in the facility ready to be grown. Um, so, Sarah has X-23 destroy all of the samples. But upon going to meet her, um, Bryce actually puts the trigger scent onto Sarah Kinney. So when she when X-23 meets her outside the facility, she actually ends up killing her and kills her own mother in the snow. Um, it's a really heartbreaking scene. Like Sarah tells her who she is, that she's actually her mother, and tells her that her name was meant to be Laura, so actually names her before she dies, and she takes her mom's oh, last name, awesome. so she becomes Laura Kinney. Yeah. Really, really heartbreaking scene as Laura lies down next to her in the snow and basically asks her not to leave her. Mm-hmm. And from there, we actually go... This actually came out after the initial appearance in comics. The initial appearance in comics was in a series called NYX, which yeah. actually picks up after this. And it's basically Laura living life with a couple of other people and is actually living in New York as a prostitute to try and make mm-hmm. money. And really rough series. Don't get into it if you don't want to go down that road. Like yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of rough stuff in that one. Yeah. Um, but following that, um, where was that? Sorry, I've lost my place on my list of stuff. Uh, so following that as well, she actually goes to meet with her and finds some of her family. She ends up staying with her aunt. It turns out the aunt's boyfriend is actually a member of the Weapon X program, though, or like one of the people running it. And um, so tries to bring in people to hunt down, hunt her down. Um, and then kill her but she actually ends up killing the boyfriend and she leaves to keep her family safe she then decides to go and hunt down Wolverine her father because she's basically like there's no real life that we can have we're weapons so we both deserve to die and she actually outfights Wolverine she actually gets the better of him um, which if you know Wolverine and has like 200 odd years of training and military experience is like not an easy thing to do but then again 
But then again, after 200 years, Wolverine does still jump headfirst into any fight, regardless of what it is. So pretty much his his fighting ability might come into question a little bit. Yeah. Um. So Wolverine basically says to her, like, if you need to, you can kill me, but I'm not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So the two of them end up actually sitting and talking, and Wolverine reveals that um, that Sarah sent him a message and told him about Laura. Um, and so the two of them connect, and she decides to take up the mantle. She becomes a part of multiple teams. She ends up being part of the Thunderbolts, of Avengers Academy, even the X-Men and X-Force for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then upon the death of Wolverine, she ends up taking over the Wolverine mantle, mantle, which if you want to read about Laura Kinney at her best, read Tom Taylor's all-new Wolverine. If you if you have listened to this podcast, I cannot stress it enough. Tom Taylor is one of the best writers in comics today. I freaking love his writing. And his handling of X-23 and that, and in X-Men Red, where she's part of the team still as only Wolverine, is absolutely phenomenal. Okay. In that story, we get to see Laura taking on a parental role in a little way, because she actually saves a clone, another clone of Wolverine. But it's a much younger clone, who she calls Gabby. Um, who Gabby is just phenomenal she's the kid version of Laura so Laura takes her on as her little sister and she ends up taking on her own um, code name as well and becomes Honey Badger Mm. and they also have a pet Wolverine in the apartment (laughs) that's awesome Um, so that storyline is absolutely awesome that's great then obviously Wolverine ends up coming back and we get Jonathan Hickman's recent run on um, X-Men where he becomes Wolverine again I disagree with this. I don't think this should have happened. I don't think Logan should have... Like, Logan coming back, I don't care. That's You want to do that? That's fantastic. He could easily have just been Logan. Yeah. She earned that Wolverine mantle. She earned it by wearing it. The fact that they took that away and made her X-23 again. Like, no, X-23 is what that facility called her. Yeah. And she broke away from that, and she got free yeah. of all of that, and she got she a, has name. a name. Now. I'm like, I don't like that they went back to X-23. Um. But yeah, so that kind of brings us up to now. She's part of some of the stories in X-Men, most notably Fallen Angels, which literally the only reason to read that book is the fact that she's in it. It's not a good story as far as I'm aware. Like I literally fell off of it after about two issues. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Um, yeah. And that's sad because I wanted to read it because she's in it and I'm like, this is just not interesting in the least. Um, that's the thing with comics about, you know, they, they have an awesome storyline and somebody ends up like going away, dying or whatever, and then you kind of take the wind out of it when you bring somebody back like that yeah and it's like it's just like wolverine's death and like that could have went on forever like laura was a great felon for him and then you also had old man logan in the universe for a while as well you literally yeah. had two wolverines i'm like that's okay i'm i'm not the biggest fan of the normal wolverine like some of his like solo stories are great like see whenever he's part of a team i think he's crap because he's like he's just completely neutered he yeah. doesn't do well as with teams, like even though they keep he putting him play on well teams. I'm like, I prefer him on his own. His solo stories always grab me more. Yeah. Um. So for her powers and abilities, she obviously has all the same abilities as Wolverine, as I mentioned, bar like the one claw missing from the hands, but it's in the feet. Um. Her healing ability is apparently believed to be stronger than Wolverine's. Um. Yeah. This is believed because like he's got the adamantium in his skeleton, and that affects things, whereas her skeleton's completely fine. Yeah. So I don't know why that would affect things, but apparently it does. Um, also, she is trained in armed and unarmed combat and can speak several languages, obviously being trained to be an assassin. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know, other than the movie Logan, mm. I don't know anything about her. So this, this is super interesting. 
yeah, so she's a great character. I absolutely love Laura Kinney, and it's like she's well worth checking out. I think she's a, a really interesting character. Yeah, I'm looking at your reading list, and I see the all-new Wolverine from Tom yeah. Taylor. I might actually have to pick that up. Yeah, I put a bunch of stuff on there, and I tried to keep them grouped by the characters I was doing, just like big plot points or big stories they were involved in. Or... Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, so if you want, there's a bunch of Laura Kinney stuff on there, definitely check it out, as well as all the other heroes that we're talking about today on that list that's in chat. If you need it popped in again, just let me know and I'll reshare it. Um, <clears throat> Alright, so on to your number five then, who's your last hero? Yeah. Give me one second, I want to make sure that I got this up. Alright, so my last, <laughs> my last hero, kind of, when I was little, or he's not really a hero, but my last comic character that is my number one, like no doubt about it. Um, so this was one of the comics that was in, not this specific one, but this character in that box that I was referring to that opened the gateway for me for comics for life. Um, it's this guy right here. I know it's backwards, but it's Spawn. Now, at the time, you know, it was a big comic boom of the 90s. So you had Batman, Superman, Justice League, X-Men, Avengers. Oh, yeah. That was basically, that. those were the deals. So you had this little independent comic company image who had a couple of characters at the time. Their main one was this guy. For those of you who don't know, this was, this character was 100%, best of my knowledge, created by Todd McFarlane. Uh, ever since he was a kid, he's been working on this. He said he would spend yeah. hundreds of hours perfecting this character. Um, the basic gist of the story is it's about a guy named Al Simmons who is in the Marine Corps. He gets recruited by the CIA. He goes overseas to Botswana to do like an undercover mission, and he ends up he ends up getting killed by his team, uh, and kind of set up basically um, for his life as an assassin because that's what he had become. He's actually sent to hell, um, and Malboja, who's one of the demons in hell, makes a deal with him and says, "If you serve me, I will let you come back." Because the only thing that Al Simmons wanted was to see his wife one more time. Um, so Malboja was like, "All right." I, if you serve me, I'll let you come back, um, and I'll give you my powers to kind of to kind of serve me and, and bring people to hell, basically fill my army of hell. Um, so you know, me being raised in a super conservative <laughs> Christian home was it, was this a, was this a rebellion it, comic by any chance for yeah, a little bit? Absolutely, no <laughs> doubt about it. For me being uh, raised in a super conservative Christian home, this was my outlet. <laughs> this was my outlet. Um, so it was really cool. I felt like I was getting away with something reading this. Super dark comic at the time. Yeah. Super gritty. Uh, I, I don't want to. I hate using that word, but it really super. Was oh no! Super it, gritty. It, like it, legitimately gritty. It suits Spawn though. Like it's, it's like that's an overused word for stuff, but Spawn suits it. He's it, that's yeah. a very gritty story. It's very like down and dirty and dark sort of story. It's like dripping with dirt when you pick the book up. <laughs> yeah. But um, so basically he goes to hell. He gets the powers. Um, and Malboja sends him back to Earth with basically a demon companion called the Violator, who uh, his alter ego is a clown, basically. For those of you who've seen the movie, the awful movie from the 90s, that John Leguizamo character, is that's the Violator. So... Why was he cast as Violator? Like, seriously? There's so... There's a debate that that's actually one of the best portrayers of Violator, because in the comics, he's not really that interesting, honestly. Um, and, until Greg Capullo starts getting involved with Spawn in the later issues and stuff like that, and they actually make him kind of cool. Um, but so he... he uh, all right, sorry, so, just to shout out on chat while you're talking there, Sora saying yeah, yeah. Spawn, wow, dark. 
and then add saying spawn is amazing i used to have the action figures when i was a kid yeah like Dude, todd, todd mcfarlane like went all out on spawn he's got like mcfarlane toys literally exist to create spawn merchandise pretty much that's literally I mean, all he creates for the most part and to kind of piggyback off that like again going going back to the art again todd mcfarlane is probably one of my favorite comic book artists of all time oh yeah i mean like i picked um, up issue one of spawn in the 90s literally on that cover i had no idea what yeah. the story was about i saw that guy in the yeah. front cover and i wanted it like and if you could, if you if you take, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Man. No, no, you're good. Go for it, man. Go. But if you take the first eight episodes or issues of Spawn, and you actually are able to flip through them, I know the reading list. We have a volume one. If you're able to flip through that volume one, there are so many iconic splash pages and panels in those comics, man. Yeah, they are. Todd McFarlane is a master at creating mood in a comic. Um, I actually have a panel that I want to show you guys. The thing with uh, Todd McFarlane is he. For those of you who don't know, he's actually illustrated for both DC and Marvel. He did a, he did Incredible Hulk. He's done Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, he's drawn Wolverine. Um, he's also drawn Batman as well. Uh, yeah. Batman and a, is and strikingly a, similar to Spawn. <laughs> yeah, and an unknown really crossover of like Spawn and Batman. I actually, a crossover yeah. in the comics together. So it's yeah. like come to think of it, yeah. I actually have the Omnibus right here. I, I haven't actually read it yet. I but. love that cover. I love that, like the kind of Dark Knight cover of jumping through the air and just them side by side this is, is, a, is beautiful. Oh. Frank, Frank Miller and uh, Todd McFarlane came together for that one, but um, so I just <laughs> love the mood. Back before Frank Miller went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the mood that uh, Todd McFarlane is able to to kind of portray. Oh, this. This I love a, this, this is probably one. one of I love it's probably one that. of my favorite panels of the comic. So yeah. There's a splash page, obviously, covering two pages, and you can see a lot of familiar arms popping out of the cages. Now, this right here, this scene is set in hell, and basically the, the gist of this is the creators of these heroes are blindfolded, and they have their hands tied, and they cannot unlock their creators or their creations because they sold them. Now, this is both indicative of the comic book industry that Todd McFarlane is kind of chastising uh, and also of Spawn itself because Spawn, uh, Todd McFarlane owns Spawn. He, he owns him 100% because mm -hmm. he created him from the ground up. Why these other comic book character, or creators actually kind of sold their creations off one by one. And you can obviously see Incredible Hulk, Batman. You can even see Joker, The Thing, Superman, Venom. So... He, He's not afraid to poke the beast, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and here's another one. Again, just to show you what type of mood that he creates with his characters. <clears throat> There's a lot of cool stuff um, in Spawn 2. Like, that cape uh, is like one of the most beautiful things to be drawn. Like The way I he know. does that cape and so many things is just amazing. And that's the thing with the cape. The cape is actually an entity in and of itself. Like, mm. So his, his superpowers, basically, he, he can teleport. He can heal himself, like Wolverine-level healing, uh, if not better. Um, he has superhuman strength, endurance, um, and then he has those chains that come out of his his uh, his outfit or whatever. Uh, it's just awesome. And there's a ton of cool characters in the Spawn oh, yeah. comics. Like, you have there's this guy called the Redeemer, and he's basically Heaven's version of Spawn. And him and Spawn get into it a lot. Like, I don't have a picture of him up, but he looks like a knight. He's blue and gold. It looks so cool. Uh, and then Spawn eventually kills Malbolgia and becomes the king of hell, almost like Ghost Rider. Uh, but he's he's an anti-hero, so he comes and he has no moral code, basically. Yeah. He just wants to see his wife. But he eventually starts becoming uh, an actual hero. And it's the character is so awesome. And again, Todd McFarlane is a beast. 
Greg Capullo worked on Spawn a lot within the first 300 issues. For those of you who don't know, he's he was one of the big visual influences on Dark Knight Metal. Uh, he's worked on a lot of Marvel and DC stuff. Yeah. Um, Death in the Family uh, for for Batman. So, um, yeah, that that would be my top. Spawn is the numero yeah. uno for me. Ad says Gravedigger was one of my favorite Spawn characters. I don't know if I remember Gravedigger. I'm trying to think of Gravedigger. The name definitely sounds familiar. Yes. Um, and Sora I'm look him up. And Sora says, okay, his camera's bugging the snot out of me with the green flashes. I know. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it's like the, I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know if it's a connection issue or if it's the upload thing, but yeah, sorry, we'll guys. We'll try to fix it next week. Sorry about that, guys. We'll try to fix Look, we have volume. You have no idea how hard we got volume <laughs> going for us. Like, literally every week we have volume issues. Like, I cannot get his mic to come through this system and we have to reset stuff because my computer's changed settings on its own. Yeah, so like, that, so we wanted to make sure you could hear us, if nothing else. But we'll try and get the camera fixed as well. Like, give us a break. It's twelve episodes in, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll iron it out. Like we'll episode ep- all new equipment. <laughs> I will. Uh, I bought the figure when I was a kid and left it in the shop. Oh no, no way! Oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks, bro. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> all right, so I guess I'm on to me then. My last character. If you know me at all, you probably know who this character is. There's another guy that's up on my wall. My absolute favourite hero, and it's like... As I said, I kind of mentioned it already. Like I, I love the Robins compared to Batman. Like I love Nightwing, Red Hood, and Tim Drake. I absolutely adore him. Can you do a Dragon Ball episode? I would love that. Yeah, like... Nitro's been, pitching that, been pitching that for like yeah. a, at least a few weeks now to do a Dragon that's Ball episode. Well, see how like you did it. We did it. Oh, here we go. Actually, for Dragon Ball, how about like what you did? I I'm gonna make my confession. It's gonna get me hated. I have okay. never seen an episode of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, any of them. I've never seen All right, any. I gotta go. See ya. <laughs> so like you done a. How about this? You did a watch through a Firefly for an episode. How about I do a watch through a Dragon Ball? Heck yes. And give my opinion on it. Like so, you as an experienced fan and me as a complete novice to Dragon Ball, like I've never seen it at all. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm down. Yeah. I'll watch it with you. Great. Now I, I actually have them. So. Great. Now Ads hates me. Ads is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I missed it because apparently this was a big thing when we were kids and I'm like, I, I watched all the other like anime that came over like Pokemon and Digimon and even all the crap stuff that was like just rip-offs of everything else I watched but somehow I completely missed Dragon Ball. I had the first eight seasons so we can, we can make that happen. How many seasons are there? There's nine for DBZ I believe. And then you have DBZ, the new one. I forgot what it's called. Super, I think. Uh, okay. I haven't seen any of that. But DBZ this, is the one you need. The, this, Dragon, don't worry this about may take a, This may take us a while to get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each episode is super long, and it, about half the episode is then powering up. So. Fair enough. All right, <laughs> but we'll definitely put that on the ring because we're looking for other shows to do. So, like, if you guys want to see us talk about Dragon yeah. Ball, then I'm more than happy to do that. I will do that for you. That's how much I love you guys. <laughs> hey, just just as just as my, I love you guys too because I watch Firefly. I'm just gonna throw that in there. Literally, he did it for the show. He doesn't even like like Joss Whedon like any way. None of that's ever came up in any of our shows at any point. But no, nothing. Um. So yeah, as I was saying, like I'll absolutely adore the Robins, but my favorite character in comics is 100% Jason Todd Red Hood. I freaking I love this character. He is so cool. It's like he is my favorite. Okay, Sora's banned. 
That's hilarious. Just kidding. Yeah, you're not alone. Um, but yeah, Red Hood, Jason Todd, absolutely my favourite character. I adore this character so much. I just, I love Nightwing, I love Tim Drake, I absolutely adore them, but just, there's something about Jason Todd I love. I love his anti-hero status, I love the fact of, like, he's just as good as any of the other Bat characters, but has his own edge to him. I love the fact of, like, he gets himself in trouble without thinking as well, and has that kind of, like, gung-ho attitude towards stuff. Um, but he's 100% an anti-hero, he's Batman with guns, pretty much. Sort of the ad master. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if anyone doesn't know, Jason Todd um, first appeared in comics as the second Robin. Um, his story, his initial story, has been changed drastically. Um, so I'm going to go with like, the kind of main story, the main like origin that most people kind of stand by, between his origin, between after like um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, between the New Fifty Two, a lot of stuff was altered. Um, as a lot of um, stories where pretty much everybody's origin was altered bar like Batman and Green Lantern because they were selling big at the time um, but he was actually brought in as a Dick Grayson replacement because Dick Grayson was not really appearing in Batman anymore he was more in the Teen Titans books um, and leading them and had taken on the mantle of Nightwing at that point another comic I've got up there somewhere um, uh, have you played Injustice 2? Red Hood is on that and he's awesome I have not played Red Hood in Injustice 2. I know the Injustice 2 game, I've not had a chance to play it yet. I do want to get it eventually. Like Literally when it came out it was just too expensive at the time and I've just never got a chance to get around to it. Although I've, I've seen the storyline for it and I love it. Um, and I would be playing as Red Hood constantly. Just <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, when he was initially brought in, he was literally a rip-off of Dick Grayson. He looked just like Dick Grayson. He was an acrobat like Dick Grayson. He was all these... He was a high flyer and all that stuff. He was taken in by Batman. He was literally a rip-off and people hated him. Like, legitimately, people hated Jason Todd because they loved Dick Grayson and they didn't want a replacement. Um, so, after Crisis on Infinite Earths, they changed his story. His origin, the one that most people stand by, is he is basically from a rough part of Gotham. Um, his father went to prison and was killed in prison. Um, his mother basically was a druggie who ended up overdosing. And so Jason became an orphan on the streets, and Batman actually meets him stealing the tires off the Batmobile. He actually has two of the tires off the Batmobile, and Batman catches him when he comes back to get the other two. Like, legitimately, that's his introduction. <laughs> um, he ends up helping Jason and a bunch of other kids who are dealing with a crappy, like, kid's home, um, and ends up finding out about his parents' death, and ends up taking him in um, to be his new ward and to live in uh, Wayne Manor. He ends up introducing him to the Batcave. He takes him down there voluntarily and starts training him. And starts and Jason goes through like a six month like rigorous training program with Batman. Um during this story, depending on what storyline you want to go with, his mother wasn't dead or his real mother um is actually found in the Middle East. When he goes to the Middle East to try and find her She's actually being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's being blackmailed by Joker. Um, so when he goes to try and save her, basically Joker's caught him. And his mom ends up turning on him and 
because she doesn't want to get outed and all her stuff to be destroyed, her life to be ruined. Mm-hmm. So she ends up handing Jason over to the Joker, who ends up beating the snot out of him and crowbars him near to near death. Um, this was obviously is talked about plenty of times. You've probably all heard this part of it, but his death was actually a vote by the fans. The fans of the comic decided to vote. There was a call number where you could call and leave a vote to decide either to save Jason's life or to kill him, and okay. the DC fans decided to kill him. So the fans chose him to die. So him and he's left there beaten and bloodied and his mother is tied up with him. Batman is not quick enough to get there and he is killed. So that was one of the big things. He was he was the equivalent of like Uncle Ben and Bucky and Marvel of like you do not resurrect Jason Todd. Yeah. And that was the case until um Infinite Crisis. Mm-hmm. In Infinite Crisis, Superboy Prime punches reality. <laughs> discussion for another day there's we, <laughs> that is a statement in and of itself there's no way to get into that in this and what we've got left in this podcast that's a totally story for a different day and <laughs> um, he punches reality and this um quakes through the whole of reality and actually resurrects jason todd and he crawls out of like he literally craw- claws his way out of his grave um Jason Todd basically though has brain damage and other injuries. He's not completely himself. He's non-responsive to stuff. Um, Bruce doesn't know this has happened. Batman doesn't know. It's actually Talia Al Ghul that finds him. Yeah. And decides to bring him back to the League of Shadows because she thinks he can be used but as a way to get to Batman. <clears throat> they find out he actually has retained a lot of muscle memory. So like when they get people to try and attack him to see if he responds, he actually beats them down. Like full... Okay. Um, so he's retained that so she actually puts him into a Lazarus pit to restore the rest of him so Jason goes into that he trains with the League of Shadows he actually also has a little bit of a romantic fling with Talia al Ghul as well um, and then he learns that the Joker is still de- is still alive and he's in shock because he's like why is he alive he killed yeah. me that should have been the last straw he should be dead yeah. so he decides to take revenge on both Batman and the Joker this initially comes in with Hush which we talked about when we um, pitched our DC Universe I talked about the Hush comic Mm -hmm. Jason Todd appears and it turns out it's Clayface apparently in the Lost Days storyline which is in our reading list it is actually Jason Todd that initially appears Um, and at some point he gets Clayface to switch out with him during the fight so it is actually Jason Todd that makes that initial appearance there I don't know why they felt they need to retcon that in. It just makes it a bit clunky, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. um, Jason then decides he's going to go back to Gotham and has actually bestowed his iconic biker helmet, his red helmet, and his um, knife that he carries on him is actually given to him by Talia Al Ghul. Okay. So he, and he decides to take up the mantle of Red Hood because it's the Joker's former identity. If you read. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The glass dome. Part yeah. Of the dome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you read the the Killing Joke story, you see a bit of Joker's backstory, what's believed to be his main backstory, where he was basically dressed up as a character called Red Hood, before he gets knocked into the vat that turns him into the Joker. Jason Todd takes up that identity, and um, he comes back to Gotham essentially to take over the crime lords. He does this by cutting off the heads of the lieutenants of all the crime bosses and presenting them to them. <clears throat> so yeah. 
So for, for so for all the people who have ever voted, yeah, Punisher could beat Jason Todd. Like right now, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm like, no, this dude could do it. So he ends up going for them, including going after Black Mask, who's one of the big crime bosses at the time. Ends up facing off with Batman and reveals himself to Batman. Batman, of course, in shock that it's Jason. And it comes down to a big confrontation. This is a storyline under the Red Hood, which amazing right. comic or um, also I, also in the reading list, I have put the movie for Under the Red Hood because oh, if you have so not good. seen it, you have to see it. It's phenomenal. That was my introduction <clears throat> to the Red Hood. I knew nothing. I didn't even know he existed when I saw that movie and I was like, this dude yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's like if you watch that, you will fall in love with Red Hood. That's what made me fall in love with that character because in the end of it, he basically has Joker tied up, is about to kill him and goes off at Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't he dead? And Batman basically tries to explain to him it's because if I started, I wouldn't stop. Yeah. That's when you get the whole big thing of Batman, why he doesn't kill, is because if he started killing villains, that's a path he would never come back from. Yeah, yeah. So he faces off with them, and the building ends up exploding, and Jason disappears for a while. Um, <clears throat> Jason makes his next appearance, really, during the battle for the kill, when it's believed that Batman's dead. Mm-hmm. and attempts to take over um, as the Batman mantle, being a kind of armoured Batman, carrying guns. Um, Dick Grayson obviously ends up winning that in the Batman and Robin stories and so, where Damien Wayne's introduced. Dick Grayson takes over as Batman, and Red Hood actually changes his attire, which I didn't know until doing this, and um, gets a sidekick called Scarlet and goes to become a foil to Dick Grayson. The reason I probably didn't know about this is because nothing comes of it because then the new 52 happened and everything oh, got okay. rebooted. So the new 52, he goes back to his original look and he ends up getting teamed up as part of the Outlaws. The original Outlaws were um, Red Hood, Starfire and Arsenal um, who worked together and I love the friendship between Red Hood and Arsenal. It's absolutely amazing. I absolutely adore it. The two of them are just really cool off of each other. Um, mm-hmm. But that's changed, obviously. like he, Him and Arsenal did a little bit of stuff together and then Arsenal obviously dying soon was a big factor on him too. Yeah. Isn't Bizarro in the new one? Yeah, so his new team yeah. is Bizarro, the reverse Superman, and um, Artemis, um, another Amazonian. And they're actually referred, they're the outlaws, but they're nicknamed the Dark Trinity because they all have a link to DC's uh, Trinity. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> so the storyline kind of is still going on with him as part of that team. Since then, though, he has had a look change, and the book was called Red Hood Outlaw for a while. Because they disappeared and then Batman basically went back crap crazy, beating the snot out of Jason because he thought he killed someone when he gave him a rule not to. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I kind of have issues with that because like, first of all, he didn't actually kill the person it turns out. Yeah. Second of all, like, what gives you the right to do this stuff just because you don't go down that road? Like, mm-hmm. you're not in charge of what he does and I'm like, it's that thing of like, I don't know, it just it comes across very like that. I'm gonna control every inch of this city and I'm like, you have literally trained up a bit of bajillion heroes running about Gotham. Yeah. Do you really think they're all gonna do what you do? Yeah. They're not all clones of you. You you knew who Jason was when you brought him back into the Bat family. It's like it's, it wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you want to know about powers and abilities for a guy who doesn't have powers and abilities? Here's why this guy is everyone says that Punisher could take him, I don't think so. Trained by Batman and Talia al Ghul, well-versed in science, medicine, math, criminology, English, world history. This is a kid. Talia also paid for tutoring in explosives, strategies, weapons, poisons, vehicles, stealth, 
antitoxins and surveillance. Master of Aikido, Capoeira, Karate, Ninjutsu, Krav Maga, Kickboxing, Taekwondo, amongst other martial arts. Main weapons he carries on him is his knife and his customized Jericho 941. He carries right. two of those sidearms. Which that gun looks sweet looking by the way. He's customized it though to be better off. I'm like, Jason is tooled up and can go toe to toe with anyone. Yeah. He's just as good as anyone in the Bat family and just as smart. He does not get enough credit, I believe, in my honest opinion. And like he is to date my absolute favorite character. I adore Red Hood and he doesn't get yeah. enough love. The story is sweet. I just put Red Hood and the Outlaws New Fifty Two, um, or Rebirth rather, in my in my shopping cart. I'm definitely gonna get that. Yeah, the Rebirth one's cool. Like I love the relationship with him and Bizarro. Like there's also a great romance that ends up kind of getting started up with him and Artemis, which they build up really well, and it's actually it's not out of nowhere. It's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, and then him and Bizarro. Bizarro is just such a great character in this, and it's like he, yeah. Artemis and Jason almost become like his parents, taking care of a child, because mentally he is he's not a full adult yeah but yeah I, I absolutely adore it it's just so much fun that's awesome but that's it guys that's our top 5 heroes from me and Nitro that was a lot of fun man yeah I actually really enjoyed that um, I'm going to put the list back in the chat for anyone who missed it the first time around click on that Amazon list and you'll find our reading recommendations on the heroes that we talked about today that you can get on Amazon um, also as well remember any of those you can also find on Comixology if you want to get the digital version of it as well pretty much all of them are available there too Yeah. and some of them are probably actually even easier to get on there if you want to just fly through some stuff yeah some of the ones on the Amazon are a little pricier just because they're older um, some of them are older some of them are out yeah. of print so you may want to go digital if you want to just catch up on it if you're not bothered yeah. about doing digital or physical um, but that's definitely up to you guys if you want to do that so yeah we had an amazing show this week, but I wanted 100% pitch our show for next week. You guys have to be here. Two yes. o'clock next Sunday, we are going to be talking with the amazing legend Joshua Leonard, the creator of Team Supreme. Um, let me... Or is it just Supreme? I'm trying to remember what... There we go. Head over to Leonard Studios, check it out, get a little look for him. Joshua Leonard and Team Supreme are also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go ahead and give them a look and give them a follow. It's a beautiful art style. He has created a cartoon and uh, focusing. Sorry. <laughs> what the heck was my camera doing there? I, I don't know, dude. I turned my head and it went, ah, you're out of focus. Like, I've not moved in two hours, but I'm out of focus. Um, oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, so like he's created an amazing superhero team of kids, all of whom have um, disabilities of some sort. One's a yeah. paraplegic, one's blind, one's deaf, one has sickle cell disease, one has autistic. The, the guy who runs it all and is kind of the father figure to them has depression and wants to talk about inclusion and including people with disabilities as well as different races, different genders, different sexualities, all that stuff. He's all yeah. about inclusion. Um, you've probably seen me posting stuff if you follow us on social media. Um, if you're not doing that already, go ahead and follow our social media accounts um, to get a hold of us and watch out. I post stuff in there pretty much on a daily basis. I try to put something up. Um, but he's going to be here talking with us next week. I am so excited to speak with him. It's going to be him. awesome. It's going to be an amazing talk. And I am going to also be delving into some other questions with him. I have let him know. Um, he obviously posted recently about, we talked about it last week, about PBS putting up a story that's very similar to his, 
not yeah. long after he pitched his carton to his and they didn't pick it up so I am going to be asking him about that as well as his stance with the whole Black Lives Matter and being a black creator in the midst of like all that's going on right now Yeah. because like I want to take the chance to get a voice of a, an amazing black creator who can give us that insight on that that obviously yeah. is two white dudes we do not have <laughs> Yeah. you know so make sure you're here next week for that guys at 2 o'clock um, also keep an eye out for the Infinity Bros podcast on iTunes or um, Spotify um, as we are going to be recording with them tonight and that's supposed to be uploaded some point this week so you do not want to miss that uh, if I look at some of the topics we're talking about it's going to be a bunch of fun alright um, but remember guys also for the giveaway sub along to our channel between now and the end of June to be part of our giveaway to win this once it's completed this is not the completed batman artwork that nitro has been working on there's going to be another 10 batman busts on it and we're going to be giving that away Whoop, I, there we go i kept hitting the wrong thing there so that was good um it's professional up to that moment and then i click things um but yeah so we are giving that away to one of our um, subs to the channel so on june 30th is a cutoff date the show following that on july 5th we will be picking a winner so you want to be in with a chance for that all you need to do is be sub to the channel you can do that as of now i think you need to call chris ranger let me cover it easy. chris ranger uh send me a message on um social media and we'll chat about it sora yeah we'll get some information um oh chris Saban. got it chris Saban. Yeah, okay yeah. right i think that's who you're talking about yeah, Christina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so if you want to have a chance with that, definitely sub to the channel. We're going to be picking the winner on July 5th. And the cutoff being June 30th. If you sub between now and June 30th, you're guaranteed to be sub by June 30th. So if you want a chance to win it, just hit that sub button. Alright, but I think that's us for today. You got anything else, Nitro? No, that's it, man. This show was fantastic. Yeah, this is a really... talking about this stuff. This was a great show. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for everyone that came in to check us out. I hope you all have an absolutely amazing day. And we will see you next week. Take right. care. See y'all.